You are watching the vodka stream. I'm Batman. I'll be your friend. What an idiot. <laughs> Don't do this to me. God damn it! Jeez, I need a producer. <laughs> What's happening, guys? Uh, first, I'm like sitting here just lollygagging around going, oh, wait, it's uh, three minutes past eight. I should probably uh, go live. So everything working. Everything should be good, hopefully. Making sure sometimes my audio gets a little aft right here. We're good. All right, guys, welcome to the Vodka Streamer. Let's get this party started. Three-day weekend. That's right. Got my... Uh, American flag thing up right there that's usually hanging over there. It's made out of wood, has the JL symbol on it. It's pretty awesome. Somebody made that for me. A fan made that for me. I don't know. I don't think I see him in the uh, the chats anymore, but uh, yeah, he made that for me. He makes those custom ones. Got that like last year. So figured, um, you know, since it's uh, the 4th of July weekend, why not have, I found a vodka called American Anthem. That's right. American Anthem. Five times distilled, smooth taste, proudly made in America. So I've already had a little bit. Not bad. Definitely, it tastes like America. So, you know, it tastes like pollution and narcissism. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, let's go ahead and pour some of that. Pour some of that deliciousness, and then I'm going to go ahead and make it a little spritzy. Right there. So, all right. Here we go. Cheers, guys. Cheers to the weekend. Cheers to everybody. Mm. Ah. All right. Who's out there? We all partying already? What's going on, everybody? All right. We got Ryan right here. What's going on? Tony Movie, Chappie, D9, Neil Blomkamp fan. Good to see you. Hey, Miss Nighthawk. Stephanie is there right there. Good to see you, Steph. Hello there. I got Fear Jason. We got Mama Film Junkie joining the party. Oh, that's all this right here. Hey, you know, just sit back. You know, if you pour a drink, pour a drink. That always helps. It happens, man. It happens. I don't go a week. I don't go a couple of days without feeling some self-doubt sometimes. Come on. But uh, we're all good. We're all good here. We'll have some good conversations in Everting. What's going on, Mr. Uh, Jason McKenzie? Good to see you. Hoy, hoy. Let's go, Giants. What he said. They're currently uh, playing the White Sox right now. No score. No score. So let's see who else we have here. We got Mr. William Powell right here. Good to see you, buddy. And then we got Jose. Always good to see you. Lakazoo. Yes, yes. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Friday, Johnny Gunn. Good to see you, bud. All right, who else we got that's showing up that's kind of new? I think I saw her right there. Yes, Miss Captain Gator Girl. Gosling should do a horror movie because he's got... I know, he really does. I mean, we talked about that, of course, when it came to um, when it came to the uh, the Barbie set scream uh, that happened. I mean, that was... But then, you know, if you've watched The Nice Guys, you know, you know, you know. Do a moonshine stream? You crazy? That would last like that would last probably like not even a, an hour, not even. What's going on, Chuck? Yeah, salud, salud. Good to see you. All right, 
It's Canada Day. That's right. You live in Canada. America's hat. It's all right. I live in California. America's ass. So I'd rather be the hat than the ass, right? But then it's really cold up there. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. Cheers. All right. So we got that. Cool. Ah, but yes, so glad it's the weekend. Tough week, weird week, cool week. And um, yeah, just a lot of things um, when it came to work. Work was a pain in the ass, but luckily I got off on time. See, it was like, um, hopefully you guys watch my quick, while well, I try to be quick, you know, I always say that. I always try to be quick, but then I just end up, blah, 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 you know, just talk, 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 and talk. Uh, my Stranger Things 4 Volume 2 um, review. I was going to do a normal review. That's why I should have just did it like that right when I, after I watch it. I, I've been up since 4.30, guys. Well, 4.30, man. I, I usually wake up at about 6.15 for work. You know, I mean, luckily I work from home. But, hey, I woke up at 4.30 to start watching four hours worth of freaking Stranger Things. Man. Those it's just like it's like two, it was just two movies, you know, hour and twenty five and two and a half hour episode, crazy but so good. So hopefully you watch that. And then I was like, I I, I got off work, and I went, okay, I'm gonna take a nap. And so I went and and uh, and lie down. And then of course I took a nap and I took one of those really heavy like, you know, have a dream, you wake up, <laughs> you know, naps. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. And then I had to go get some alcohol and some din din. And then by the time I got back, I was like, oh, crap, am I going to do that? And I set everything up. And and then I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe I won't. I'll just talk about it on the stream. And then I watched the, the latest episode of The Boys, which, uh, holy shit, no spoilers. Don't worry. We won't be talking about spoilers of Stranger Things or The Boys. We'll just kind of talk about it, um, you know, unless we just uh, put out an alert. And then we might, maybe we'll do that. But um, because, yeah, sometimes it's hard to, heck, you know, when you have a panel on. And everybody, if everybody has seen it, then we might start talking about spoilers for Stranger Things and the boys, um, Stranger Boys things. Um, but, but um, yeah, so I watched that episode. Yeah, that the, the ending of that, holy shit. <laughs> Next week's the season finale. So it's like, wow, it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see what happens there. So try not to try not to do any spoilers. Yeah, what a twist it was not. I did not see that coming. Did not see that coming. But uh, yeah, so. But yeah, so and then I was like, all right, I'll just shoot a little vloggy type review for Stranger Things. And, you know, that's pretty much what it was right there. So no big deal. Um, and I'm just wondering when the hell when the hell is season two gonna, or season five, I should say, come out, man, because the way that that left it open too, I was wondering, I'm like, are they going to leave? What are they going to leave open for season five of Stranger Things? And they definitely did. So curious to see what happens. The boys is very dark. It is so dark. It definitely is. So definitely is. All right. Let's go ahead and get my guest in here. He, um, this is a guy. I've been, uh, you know, he's actually been on the Patreon stream before. And uh, I really like his work. He does some good uh, photography and some good art work as well. And uh, there was like, oh, yeah, let's get him on the vodka stream. He hit me up. He's like, hey. Let's do this. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, let's do this because I'm always uh, anytime that somebody has any kind of art that they put out there. And I've always been kind of I know we've probably talked about it on the uh, the Patreon stream a little bit, but let's get to know Tony. Let's get to know Tony. Let me set up the tweet here. 
Join the stream. All right. Copy paste. All right. Let's get them in here. Let's make sure everything's good. <clears throat> like I said, I need a producer. All right. What's going on, Mr. Tony? Yo, how's that audio? Am I coming through okay? Yeah, you're coming through okay. And how dare you wear a White Sox hat when my <laughs> Giants are playing the White Sox tonight? I'm I knew you were going to give me shit about this, but literally, <laughs> you know the way like how Cavill chose Kansas as a team? Um, yeah. It's literally, I like the logo. I like the hat. I'll pop it on. Yeah. I got no no baseball knowledge, man. So uh, <laughs> nothing. Oh, you just yeah, uh, you know, I get it. It's a White Sox hat. It's good. Um, but um, what's popular? Because you're in, you're, you live in Sydney, Australia, right? That's right. Yeah, or close to you. Yeah. Um, is is cricket like popular down there, or what is popular? Some, some, some? Like, I guess cricket's um probably one of the bigger Australian sports. We got rugby league, which is like yeah, rugby. rugby I know. Yeah, for sure rugby, um, but when it comes to like a baseball type sport, I, I guess cricket is like I, I actually watched some games and hard to follow, but intense, pretty intense. Cricket, yeah, cricket's like uh, baseball's ugly cousin. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is because I can't, I'm like I I try to understand it, but man, uh, the whole like you know I mean basically I, I just it's it's crazy because they just freaking throw that ball as hard as they can. It skips and jumps, and you have to just somehow hit it, and then it's all in a freaking circle. And it's just insane, but it's, it's, it's yeah. And some people might, you know, think that baseball is pretty boring, which a lot of people do, but I like it. So, but anyway, sir, thank you for joining. Um, and I uh, uh, wanted to, of course, plug your website, bellandjerry.com. That's where you can hey, find your no, photography right there. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. I mean, obviously, we could tell by your uh, your frame right there. I mean, your uh, yours is a little bit better. I mean, you. I remember when you came on the uh, the Patreon stream the first time, and I was like, okay, yeah, you. Yours is uh, rivaling uh, Steven's frame, and then of course we have KC that also has a good uh frame too but i think uh i think i don't know you you might have a maybe beat i don't know but your background <laughs> your background is not like it's not popping like some some no, there's no, right no. now crazy yeah. stuff going on man i think i've moved about three times in the last year as well so it's like <laughs> everything's in between everywhere at the moment so you know yeah. i work from home so often as well having this thing just set up have a place i can just kind of i can paint on this desk I can, it's like a sit stand kind of situation so um That's i get cool. all my all my stuff done on the, on here and <laughs> You know, whenever I'm talking to clients and stuff, this thing, you know, always makes it look nicer and, you know, always helps with this kind of stuff as well. So it really does. It really does. And uh, so working from home, I mean, do you, you do photography full time? Yeah. So I, I work for like this company called Rebel Sport. Um, mm -hmm. It's like Australia's lead sports retail store. It's like it's a huge, huge company. It's like a two billion dollar company. And I'm, I'm like I'm DOP for them. I'm I run like a creative team of like. Um, like 10 to 15 people alongside two others um we've got our creative director i'm um, director of photography and we kind of shape all the all the campaigns and you know we have like um lots of australian sports stars and stuff that we do campaigns with and stuff so it's it's cool it's it's very diverse it's um very hands-on i get to shape the look and feel of right feel of stuff yeah this thing needs an update but um yeah <laughs> yeah hey, it gets it out there though yeah but i yeah, appreciate it yeah so i've done some some kind of wacky cool stuff in the past um that's cool right speaking hey, of that yeah. hey hey <laughs> look at that I so funny that. that that one gets a plug <laughs> of course 
It's the vodka streaming. Naturally, it's going to get that. Yeah, no, that's like, cool. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> a bit of everything, man. A bit of everything. I'm just um, like yourself. This week has been crazy. Just, you know. It feels like it. Yeah, just a long ass week. <laughs> it seems like it. I don't know what the hell was up with this week. I don't know. Work was kicking my ass a little bit. And then, and then uh, yeah, just like, yeah, end of the week, having to wake up super early just to catch Stranger Things so then I don't get it spoiled. Right. So what time does it drop for you guys? Midnight for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. It's really stupid. I, I was like, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was going, I was hoping that they would just be midnight Eastern time because that would be nine o'clock for me. And I'm like, oh, right. that would be cool. I could watch at least the first episode, then get up and watch the second episode. But now they just drop it at midnight, uh, my time. And it's just, I, I couldn't do it because I get up, uh, you know, and go to, and then after like, uh, you know, obviously it was like four hours worth of stranger things so i saw i watched the first episode and then i like logged into work and then i was like fuck it i'm just i put it on in the background i'm like logged in i'm like all right i don't have much that i need to like fully do right now so i'm just kind of yeah yeah doing some of that did you watch it not yet man i um i watched the mid-season finale a couple days ago i've honestly been sick as a dog all week i got my voice back today which is good that's right you said that um uh but not yet not yet so i've seen i've had a little scroll of the timeline everything every time i see something it's just like minimizing clothes just try to people actually have been okay i will say like uh uh i i ignored my timeline until i finished watching it but i haven't really seen anybody like just you know just say you know who died or or uh what happens at the end or anything like that so people actually have been good with i'm actually surprised because i started getting things spoiled for the last episode of the boys the boy the one that showed up today yeah. already last night people were like literally live tweeting i'm going are you serious i'm like all right it's time to log off yeah. time to log that off. one i did like though i watched that like in sick in okay. bed kind of like um one eye open <laughs> on the ipad but no it was, it was a good episode i feel like it's a better Last week was very, you know, of course, exactly. And uh, this week, I don't know, more of like a drama, better acting, more time for yeah. characters to kind of do their thing. A lot more tension in this one, and then of course, a nice little twist at the end. But we won't, we won't jump into spoilers, just like we won't jump into Stranger Things spoilers. <laughs> so we could talk about it even when the panel comes on. We could talk about it, but that's about as far as it'll go. But um, so when it comes to um, all right, so obviously I wanted to show some people that haven't seen your art. It's uh, also, I mean, this is where I got to know you. You hit me up and and like sent me some of this stuff. And I was like, wow, this is pretty, uh, pretty awesome stuff right here. Look at all that right there. Awesome. Yeah, it's the lineup. That's currently where it's at. Since yeah. then, I think I started the, started an Aquaman, um, which is <laughs> basically just the under, underpainting. But um, yeah, we're getting there. That's cool. So like, uh, I, I love the fact that you actually went for like a blue batman like in a blue and gray as opposed to uh not the black and gray yeah you know what what, what it was with that was like it's not necessarily like i i want that colorway like i like i i want this suit to look that way it's just you know yeah. different lights a lot of the film is very graded in that kind of nighttime kind of thing so a lot of the time in a street light or something that's kind of how it would pop in that situation yeah. um but and it was also just trying to keep it all together in one thing, like all that nice blue backdrop kind of thing. And, you know, just more, more of a stylized version. Yeah. I, 
I understand that. I mean, it, yeah, because some people are like, I, I think even I, when I retweeted it a while back when you sent sent that, I was like, so we're like, why is it blue? I'm like, I think it's just, I don't think he was like wanting it to like be like an Adam West looking thing. It's just, it looks better for the painting and everything like that because it just pops a little bit better. So, yeah, to know, be honest, I'll probably try and dot it down a little bit just on the cowl yeah. and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I know I said, I said I'd send, I'd send you like a print and everything. I know, it's okay, dude. Yeah. It feels like an artist is like almost never done. I look at it at night and I'm like, oh, I, I could tinker with it a little bit more. To be honest. I know, problem, man. Anyway, yeah, take your time, take your time. But yeah, when you do, you I'll definitely be putting that on. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's good. So, I, I mean, I guess you just, I mean, you have a natural ability right there. I mean, were you always just like into it like, as a kid or what? Um, and like, uh, sorry, it's a long story. It's a big backstory. Um, kind of like, <laughs> Go for it. I got into art after. Like I've mentioned it previously before. I had like a big, I've had multiple big heart surgeries growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I um, that. And kind of in that like recovery period, you get a lot of time to kind of reflect and everything. And um, just in terms of like issues of like mental health and everything, it's like, you got to try and channel what you're feeling yeah. into something positive. So like art was always the best outlet for that. Um, I didn't think I could paint. My mom stuck a paintbrush in my hand. She's like, just go, just do it. Yeah. And it was basically just like drawing things I liked. I grew up drawing like Dragon Ball Z. And then I, you know, I started doing graphic design and then it, it, eventually it was painting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I did go to uni. I started, I, like I, I was heading towards a graphic design painting kind of, um, kind of career, I'd say. But then I picked up photography and it's, it's always just kind of been like a natural progression from there. Painting and photographing what I like and, translating the kind of stylized things that I like, breaking it down and doing that in whatever medium it is. Um, yeah. Kind when of trying to apply that. Yeah. When did photography like start coming in? Start coming in when um, I was like in my last year of uni and it was basically just a different form of, of expression. It was like that, the best in between of like being in the studio and being able to be on site and actually be creative out in the field and be able to kind of, I guess make a career where you can kind of you can uh, you can network you can yeah. like sharpen your creative tools i was doing a lot of parties then i got into like shooting concerts i got to meet some really cool artists and I'm go sure. on tour with them um and then from there it was just like instagram started popping off i was doing like a lot of like little fashion commercial gigs and everything's just been like you know little stepping stones as an artist and as a career driven person you try and have like these long-term goals where for me, it's really just being like, how do What's I do what I like? Yeah. What yeah. I, that's like incremental little things of like, you know, I like where I'm at. How can I, how can I get better at this? And that's yeah. helped me get better at what I do. You know, yeah. it's very overwhelming when you think of a million things at once. It's it does like, sound like it is overwhelming. I mean, you, I mean, how long would you say like uh, when you started really like, you know, networking yourself and trying to like maybe, you know, do freelance stuff before you started like doing concerts and everything? Did it take a while or did it kind of it pop like, off pretty quickly? You know what I was like, because I liked music, for example, when I knew the music blogs of the, yeah. of the area um, and I'd go to nightclubs or whatever and I'd go out, I'd kind of know a promoter or I'd know a blog that would be kind of bringing the artist here so i'd reach out and be like hey guys can i shoot this event for you i'll volunteer i'll do it or can i get accreditation to come along to this thing i'll supply my images to that blog and at least they've got their own content that they can speak to when um when when it's relevant kind of thing so i 
sharpen the tools with that. My first gig was like meeting Steve Aoki at this kind of store opening. Oh, wow. You know, lots of crappy little jobs, but also some kind of cool little perks to it. So it was um, literally just all like a little snowball, man. And one thing led to the, to the next, do a good job, work hard, do a good product, keep your head down. And it was just literally that. My whole career is just being like head down, do your work, try not to be the, the center of attention. That's why it's like Ben and Jerry. It's not like a certain person. <laughs> it's like a play on words of my last name, which is too hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's smart though. That's smart because yeah, you took your name and you're like, okay, people aren't gonna full on remember that. And like, you know, Bell and Jerry. I mean, it almost sounds like Ben and Jerry, like the the ice cream. So you know, there's something uh, to that right there. So it's actually you know, it's pretty creative. Um, and then you've uh, you shot weddings and uh, too, right? Because I think uh, last week you said you shot weddings. How do you like shooting weddings, dude? You know what? Like, <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's basically. Yeah. It's I'm talking to a guy who's videoed weddings. So, all oh, right, okay. Well, you you understand. Like mm -hmm. for me, it's like the best way to stay sharp and on top of all the other facets of photography, client management. You got to be, you got to almost be like producer. You got to almost be like um, the client management side, and you got to have the technical skills. It goes from being like a commercial fashion shoot to like a, a sports shoot in the ceremony, trying to get every single moment. And it goes to like an editorial at the end and then it's just coverage kind of photography. So in terms of styles, you can't miss any moments in one and then other parts you can kind of just switch off and just cover and the others you've got to be actually be creative. So in terms of doing all that, if you want to get good at what you do, man, I, for me, I always advocate go shoot a wedding, go understand how hard it is to do that. And once you kind of have those little quick tools that you can go to, you've got your toolbox ready apply that to whatever else. And like, you don't get stressed out in stressful situations. There's nothing crazier than a yeah. 500 people wedding with, you know, however much they spend. Some couples spend up to $200,000 on a single day and it goes by like that. And it's like, did you do a good enough job for them later? So it's like, when you understand all the things that go into it, um, it helps you, it helps you kind of carry the weight and, um, and just be efficient. Be efficient with your time. Be efficient with what you're trying to communicate, and then go apply it to whatever else you want. So it's a good, it's a good weekend staple job for me. I think. So it's a good way to, you know, um, work out the, the the muscle. I guess you could say the photography muscle. Yeah, helps with that. Yeah, because I'm doing video. It's funny because I always joke about it. I think I've even joked about it with uh, maybe even you when you were on the Patreon stream, or even um. Uh, Mr. Aaron Bailey, because I think he's done some weddings too. It's just like when I would video stuff, I mean, sometimes it could be a little bit of a fight <laughs> between the photographer and the videographer because, I mean, when you're a videographer, you're constantly just trying to get as much as you can. And and what I always try to do is like, I wasn't just one of those that just showed up for the ceremony and then are, uh, you know, did, you know, the both things. And then that was it. I, try, I, I was there from like, hey, I want to get you guys getting ready. I want all the pre stuff. I yeah. even liked it when, like, when the photographer is taking the actual all the photos of everybody. I want to get some of that too. And I had like a little thing where I, um, a little effect in the video where it'd be like a montage, and then it would actually freeze frame. And then if I could get the the pictures from the photographer to add into the video, yeah. that would have been cool to have that. Sometimes I wasn't easy, so I would just do a and just do an an effect. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, sometimes during especially during the um. 
uh, the reception. <laughs> that's that. That's where it gets hard because like you're kind of fighting for like angles. There's been times where the photographer and me almost have run into each other with our cameras because we're fighting to get yes, seriously. Not and they have the grooms, the groom and the and the bride are not the only one dancing out there. The freaking uh, the guys with the cameras are definitely doing some dancing. Your legs are tired after it because you're yeah, crouching like, down, you're squatting. Yeah, they're like some some situations like 15, 16 hour days, right? And Sydney being a small kind of place in terms of the Vendel community, you kind of work with the same guys. Yeah, every now and then, and it's just understanding how much time you have when it's time for them to take the lead, when you can like not have to direct and then they take the lead and then you can think of your next shot by the time they kind of pass them back to you kind of thing. So it's always thinking, okay, how do I maximize my time? I got to be ready to direct my next shot by the time they're done do doing their stuff. I'll have my second shooter getting candid angles while they're doing their thing and then know where I'm going for the next kind of thing. So it's, I know what you mean. It's oh, yeah. like, it's almost like a paparazzi thing where you're kind of going like that, but when you kind of, <laughs> When you kind of work together and figure out that recipe, what's that perfect blend of? of yeah, there was there was one wedding I remember shooting where, uh, well, there's been times where some of the photographers have been not too uh, kind, but there's been, I remember one specific one I did where the photographer, I mean, basically she just wanted to be like, hey, so this is how I do this. So she just kind of went over her like thing and I was like, cool, I yeah. will, you know, kind of work off that and I will not get in your way. And, uh, and yeah, we'll just do our thing. And it actually like worked out pretty well. And she was uh, really nice. I, th I think it was. Uh, I think it was somebody that my mom worked with me. I don't know, but um, no, she was really nice. And we really just, um, um, she was, but she was just on top of it. She had her way, but uh, there's been some ones where it's just like, they, they not been so kind where they were like, yeah, like, you, know, you get some seasoned veterans that think that oh, they yeah. are shit. And it's like, who's this tool coming up and showing up. But like when you communicate, Hey, what's your favorite way to work? How yeah. do I, like, we are both there at the end of the day for the client. Yeah. Um, so how do we get the best product for them? um how do you like to work okay cool i'll work around you let's uh let's try and keep it kind of and it, those skill sets that client management not just in terms of the bride and groom but just in terms of different people being able to work in different situations with different personalities and stuff man that is key to life bro like you take that and you apply it to anywhere else and incremental kind of building blocks happen from there man so that's yeah. yeah. So that's what's so great about it. And, 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 and the way that you talk about it too, I could tell that you love doing it. And that's the thing. That's the one, that's the biggest thing is that you love doing it and, you know, seeing some of your shots and seeing, uh, you know, I, I remember even seeing like in uh, behind the scenes where you showed how you prep some of that stuff. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like you really don't realize how, how much can go into something. I mean, you know, somebody that, you know, just looking at some kind of ad or something like that just goes, yeah, look at that. But you don't realize the prep that it probably took to get the light, the right lighting, the right everything. And it's just, man, it's, it's art. It's fucking art. We live in a socially driven world, right? Where yep. like attention spans are three seconds. How do you create something captivating enough for, to capture that? And when you throw in like the fact that you're working for a big ass company that has a lot, a lot to spend, a lot of, the marketing spends on these campaigns there are a lot so you got to make sure that it's visually captivating enough so make sure you come up with something you don't have to reinvent the wheel but how do you make it what's trending at the time stylistically and how do you kind of apply that to to your whatever you're shooting uh, i sketch out every frame similar to zach like that's why i love the guy so Dude. much I mean, to try and do it <laughs> 
And I wanted to actually bring this up back to the weddings. Yeah, uh, bridezillas. Have you ever uh, had any bridezillas? Like some brides that yeah. were just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it happens, and it's yeah. like, look, I don't take it personally because at the end of the yeah. day, this is the biggest day of their life. They've probably True. dreamed about it their whole time, and it's like, yeah, you might not make my experience like super pleasurable, but I'll make sure I get what I can, do what I yeah. can without breaking my back because you know it's just. You do what you can and what's possible. Sometimes when they're asking for the world and it's literally just, you can't be in five places at the same time. Do what you can. You do it to the best of your ability. If a lot of the time, it's also, it's not a surprise when they are a bridezilla. You kind of know the client going ahead, like from before. Yeah. I, I don't feel like we kind of, the business doesn't really take on those kinds of personalities. Like you come to us for the style that we provide. It's very candid, very casual timeless and you know yeah so you I think, uh, from the get-go yeah i think uh yeah when i haven't really i didn't really deal with any bridezillas but bridesmaids now that's a different story because obviously they're just there to you know wear the dress stand next to but man it's always and i've, I've said this before uh on here and uh many times where it's like you know because i always like to get both sides getting ready and it's, yeah. it's always vastly different the guys are having fun they're just you know shooting the shit laughing taking shots doing all that stuff you go over to that side it is almost like i mean and i've said it again said this before um that there was one time where i was backed up against the wall holding my camera going i think i'm gonna capture a fight <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that that they were going to start because uh, the bride was getting pissed at the bridesmaids because they were just lally gagging, not getting ready. And it's just like, yeah, it was just one of those. I went, whew. Dude, I understand but, yeah. that from both sides yeah. as well, because you think about it, girl, ladies in the morning, they got to get they, they wake up. Oh, they call time. There's a so lot much to do. So much got to hair do. and makeup style like yeah. their dresses aren't is like just throw it on. You might need adjusting and stuff. So there's that stress. And then. um what I find really sad sometimes is like if, if it's your best friend getting married and you're not there kind of mentally ready to help, um, like carry the dress or just help them get by or like, you know, something busts or just like, you know, like you got to be there for your, so you, you don't, really do. you really, you don't, it's not your job on the wedding day to kind of, um, kind of, uh, be the MC of when things happen and when things don't, it's like, your friends are there, your close friends that you've chosen to be there is supposed to be there for you on your day, you know? So it's in a perfect world, everybody gets it, but I've dealt with like drunk, sorry, I'm getting a million texts. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, you're going off right now. I'll, uh, I'll mute it. Um, yeah. I've, I'll um, like guys get drunk on the, on the drive to the location for photos all the time. So people get yeah. rowdy and then it's trying to kind of wrangle the crowd, not piss them off and like, push them too much for photos if they don't feel like doing it it's like working with what you got without being a pain in the ass and um doing what you can man it's literally yeah. always just doing what you can and doing it well that's what it is that's what <laughs> it is but yeah um but yeah i've just it, it, you're right though because i remember there was one wedding um i actually wasn't i didn't did i sh no i didn't shoot it i didn't shoot it i was just there and it's just you know, when you have bridesmaids that just are fighting with each other and this, that, and this, and and then the bride, like, like she was just mad. I'm like, you guys just kind of ruined her day. Like, like I, I get it. There's like some things that maybe you didn't like or whatever, and whatever led up to this short. But 
during that day, just kind of just, all right, we're here for you. We're just here for you. And then, and let's just get through it. Exactly. Read the room and then just, and then when it's all said and done, have a good time and just go off, you know, you know, and just have, just dance it up and everything. So I've seen it all, man. I've seen, I've seen it all. Uh Like I've seen some really, really shocking speeches. I've seen fights. I've seen (laughs) And it's, yeah, like, you know, I'm just disillusioned at the whole kind of thing of weddings, how procedural the Lord is. Oh, I know. And stuff. So I'm, it's, I, it's, I might be kind of jaded by the time it comes to my time. Now. Dude, that's, uh, I'm with you on that because I don't know how I've probably done about almost 10, something like that. And then I just kind of stopped because I was like, I'm, I don't want to do that anymore because it's always, it's just the same things over and over and over again. I'm like, man, how do we fall into this? Like, you know, I'm like, can, can we just, if I was going to do something, it's like, all right, maybe just do it at the, uh, a courthouse or something. Just have a party or something like that. Just have a party. Don't have the traditional, yeah. all this stuff. I'm not a religious person. I don't need to vow to get, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So but dude, even then, you know, it always just ends up coming back towards money, what your donation is and having to book it in advance and like offending so much your money. Family, if you don't invite one or two, then there's COVID kind of regulations of crowds. Oh, jeez, everybody, sorry, sorry, Grandma, you're not invited anymore, kind of thing. So it's, if I did it, I'd go overseas, bring ten people, do that, and then just continue the the, the holiday after that, man. Like exactly. you you want to do, I do it for yourself. Yes, and uh, thank you, Lewis, for the uh, two dollars super chat. Yes, season four, I agree, it's good stuff. Don't don't worry, no spoilers in there. But uh, going back to uh, you said you so so when it comes to certain things, you sketch out like preparing a shot. You sketch out just like like uh, you know a certain a gentleman that we talk to talk about on here uh, a lot, Mr. Zach Snyder. Um, you know, I actually wanted to ask you too, like when when you started. Well, when did you become a fan of the man? I should say. Uh, dude, I've kind of grown up with it. I think I remember the first time it kind of really came on my radar was in high school when like 300 came out and my ancient yeah. history teacher was just like absolutely ripping on it for like the historical accuracy of it. And it's like, do you realize it's a comic book? Like, do you realize that, you know, it's like, <laughs> it, it's, he made me kind of rethink about the way I decide whether I like or dislike or just kind of break down movies in general. Dave, I tend to rant a lot, so if I start getting off track, roll me back in. You're talking to a guy who rants like all the time. <laughs> Here, go right ahead. I'm actually okay with somebody else doing it for a change. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like, I mean, 300 really just for like the, the way it was visually shot. I'm still referencing and briefing clients out today with some of the camera techniques he used. How many years ago? Maybe 10 years ago? Um, yeah, just listening to some of the stuff uh, talked about in there. I mean, uh, who was it? I think he was talking about just the way doing that zoom in and out shot, like when it came to that one shot going in and out and how they rigged that whole thing. Was That's it uh, who was a f- uh, cinematographer on there? I forgot who it was. I don't know what? if Larry was on that one with him. I can't remember. Was it Larry? Yeah, I know it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but I know what you're exactly talking about. That shot, you know the one I'm talking about. I literally yeah. had to get it all out, out of out of videos, get some BTS content out of it, sketch it up how I wanted it. So we're doing like a basketball campaign coming up in two weeks. Um, and it's basically like a two camera setup with two different focal lengths on a dolly tracking a subject and being able to speed ramp between the two focal lengths. So it's a continuous shot, but being able to come in, come out seamlessly. And it's when you see it done, 
you, I, like you have to kind of reference it later just so people understand what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's like a shot of, I think Leonidas come, running through a battlefield and like sorting people up and stuff. And it kind yeah. of goes from the full body to like a close up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, back to like a mid shot kind of thing. I think he had, a, he had actually had three, three, cameras. he had three different Yeah. Three cameras, three different shots. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing like a basketball shoe campaign. I'm, I'm trying to get like the production agency to be like, cool. One here, one there into the shoe back into like a full body kind of thing. So when he kind of does this dunk, you can still go in on the shoe and you can still see the full thing. And it's all, it's all like, um, seamless basically. So from then, man, from like back when I was a kid, just thinking, how the hell did this guy shoot this all on a green screen? How did you even pitch it in when the whole industry as a whole wasn't really making movies like that? No. It was, yeah, it's just, for me, the guy, I heard, I, if I'm not mistaken, he had a background in painting before he even got into yeah. making he drawing. Movies. He was drawing and stuff. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, sharpening the toolbox of like weddings for photography kind of thing, painting for filmmaking it's all man it's all it's all there like understanding light sources temperatures that's what it really is the man i mean the man can i mean every time he takes a picture even the selfie that he took on father's day um yeah. is like something that's just like okay how do you take a selfie like that you took a selfie where the sun is perfectly peeking right over the, the city hall building and you're perfectly framed the lighting looks great i'm like i yeah i try to do something like that i'm like my hands shaking i'm like yeah and i <laughs> i just uh it's, it's just amazing what that guy can do and i mean it, and it really just comes down to lighting and we've talked about it in here too it's just like um i mean obviously like when you're talking about 300 when that came out i remember just just seeing it with my friends and everybody was just ramped up about it and how much they loved it and it was you know i was not i mean i knew who he was because i've seen all the way back to dawn of the dead i knew zach yes. snyder huh. but he wasn't like that household name quite yet but i remember after watching that i was like this guy's got to become a household name now right i mean what he did in there is like shit that we've not seen that's why people still talk about that movie even james cameron i think has said that yeah, you know, he's referencing like, before as people that inspired yeah. him as a young director at the time. So it's like exactly he created a signature for himself, and that's what you want to do as a filmmaker. And every yeah. time you hear about slow motion or anything like that, and people try to mimic it, but they can't for some reason. He just does it in a way that it's there's just you know something why, about you got to you got to know the rules to know how yeah. to bend them and shape them the way you want. And people don't know them; they don't have the fundamentals right. They're just like they think no. it's just like this. Um, they think. You take people that take photo, like photos with an iPhone. It's like, why does it just look better than that with a DSLR? You know, because it just kind of evaluates everything and just gives you like a stock standard thing or like slow mo is just so readily available. And you need to understand how you need how to light it. You need more light if you're going to be shooting in high frames, kind of thing. It's just understanding the rules, know how to bend them, and then that's and he he gets it. He's got the core things like from, yeah. from sketching to painting to like filmmaking to storyboarding to editing post-production to like even the grade i'd say I, I feel like this dude there's a reason why people gravitate to him because he knows what he wants he knows yeah. how to brief it and he knows how to work as part of a team with other people man and that's that's why yeah, I I, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you never hear anything bad about like working with him. You never do. The only thing bad you hear about is these fucking stupid critics that just don't understand <laughs> like anything that he's doing. Um, but like everybody always says, like how much of a uh, you know how great he is, and obviously, you know, we've talked to him on here. Guys, just you know, he just shows up, and I mean. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> too bad, you, you know, you, I didn't bring you on when he came on last time and he was all bringing out his lenses. I mean, Steven was having a fucking like, oh, my God, like when he was just bringing out some of like the lenses that he was bringing out on there, just showing you know, off some yeah, of the that, that, old, that old Canon lens and like yeah. got it mounted onto a new one for Army of the Dead and then shot it all on yeah. there. Like, you know what? <clears throat> I feel that Army would have gotten such a better rap if it was released theatrically and outside of streaming, man. I got to shoot the premiere for that. Look, for what it was, incredible. I loved it. Yeah. We so it. Um, well, it was kind of released. It had a limited release because I saw it. In the oh, it did for you guys? Yeah, for us it did. I think it only in, in the States. It got like a – they got. it was supposed to get a week release, but it, they kept it for two weeks, which was interesting. But, mm. yeah, I saw it in the theater, and it looked gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I remember right. hearing, you know, just seeing the trailer and seeing all the stuff, but seeing it on the big screen with that, you know, with the dream lens and everything, I went, Jesus Christ. The way the just, queen kind of comes in. Yeah, it I love that. Yeah. And I love how he's all so coy about it. He goes like, yeah, when I shot, it, I just thought hey, everything's just going to look blurry. And then he goes, yeah, but then it looked, it looked good. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, come on. And that you just thought it was just going to look all blurry. Now you planned, you looked, I mean, I, I love how he just, he's playful about that. It's stuff. because like, he makes it look effortless, man. He understands, he, he understands the simpletons that will like dumb it down to that at the end of the day. But in what he achieved, like, dude, I feel sorry for the guy just racking focus that whole movie, man. Like it's, um, you got what point one? That was him. He was a cinematographer. He was working so. as well as shooting. That man too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was he was handling the the camera. He was the cinematographer. So, and he's going to be doing it for Rebel Moon as well too. So, I mean, he's I mean, that was he all was, him. He was operating the camera, but oh, but the, he the, might have had somebody kind of pulling for oh, okay. him remotely yeah. as well. So, like, imagine gotcha. being that guy. It's gotcha, actually yeah. crazy shit, and he's at he's at the monitor going, "Oh my god, Zach, slow <laughs> down!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. I forgot that because I'm thinking like he's doing it himself, but yeah, he can't be doing it with like holding that big camera on his on his uh, on his shoulder. So yeah, you're I'm right. Here, Somebody right. was probably yeah doing that and operating that remotely. Yeah, I didn't think about that shit. That had to be a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, especially you know with that like, when I like in terms of like. The way you see it in streaming, the way you see it theatrically, when you see it on a huge screen and you got like Different. a very small sub part portion of the frame that's like in focus, it's like almost overwhelming. You feel like you're in an IMAX theater because it's like, whoa, shit, that's crazy. But when it's on streaming, you get like that little bit of banding. Yeah. When it's out of focus and it's like the compression rates don't really show you the full yep. image how it was shot kind of thing. I'm waiting for that to come out in 4K, man. I'd love to see that at home the way I saw it. I got to saw it in the theater. When yeah. It like, I hope that that, hopefully they do that. I'm, I'm still waiting. I want to see goddamn Zack Snyder's Justice League on the big screen, on a big IMAX screen. The main, it was it. meant to be. I mean, just watching it, I mean, I mean, the first time I watched it was, uh, you know, a even more compressed screener, which, you know, sucks. That's and then right. of course, you got a watermarked one like, yeah, I got, yeah I got the watermarked one and all the stuff. And a lot of us did. But I mean, I'm not going to pass up seeing that. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, just just seeing it like, you know, clear, clear. Of course, I got the 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 4K. Uh, uh, well, I got the the, the, the trilogy pack, um, but I just but 
it just the way that it looks on your TV screen with the uh, the 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 ratio. People, even like I think the Cordo crew guys. I remember watching the episode when they were talking about um, Zack Snyder's Justice League specifically. Is one of the guys said, "I love the fact that it's that aspect ratio because it makes every it just makes." the characters look larger than life than like mm -hmm. other superhero movies. Like it's just, there's something about it where everybody looks just, ugh, they do, they look larger than life, especially with certain scenes. Yeah. And he knows this again, the guy is just a fucking madman when it comes to this stuff. It's to be honest, I feel like it helps with like your world building as well. You kind of mm -hmm. think of how the, all the costume design and set design, all that kind of stuff. When you have like, you know when you get like these really punched in shots to like just expression when people are talking and it's literally just chopped off forehead, chopped off chin almost. And it's like, come on, I want to see the world around it. Like, you know, the rotating shot of the crew talking. It so that that dolly shot on the circular thing shot at two different focal lengths at the same time as well, punching in, punching out continuously. That on a four three crop ratio, for example, you get to see like the background, you get to see like more of the um the hangar, you get to see more of like the expression. So you he gives you the best of both, and I feel like that crop ratio was perfect for it because, like you said, the world building, larger than life. It is a larger than life film. It's very cool. ambitious what he was trying to do. Um, you know, it's the perfect use of it. Now you see it being used so more, so much more oh, often. Yeah. People are going to it now, and it's like, dude's always one step above. He's, He's always ahead of the game. He's just doing it well. No, yeah, he's just ahead of the game, and and I remember talking to Fabian about that shot too, and like, yeah, he was just, he was he briefly. I mean, it's such a quick shot too; nobody even realizes what is happening in that shot right there. And I'm like, I, I've anybody I've watched it with, I'm like, this shot right here, you'll never believe. Like, there's like a rotating two cameras. There's it's it's crazy shit that's going on. It's all one take, by the way. Like everybody who's talking, it's all they're just doing it in one take. Like it's not, exactly. it's not like multiple takes spliced together. It's literally just like this crazy setup that they're talking. And you just, you probably, nobody, you know, the average person is not going to notice how beautiful that thing is, but man. He's not the type that would like try and really wow you with that shit. Like if you're a geek of it, like we are, I guess, because we pay attention. Yeah. Like it's there for us. Like he'll explain it. But yeah. like, the dude's not bragging about I'm the best. He makes everything look seamless. He lets it speak for itself and he's not. You know, he's not being an like an asshole about it. Like I'm the best at this and that. It's just like wow. do good work, make it seem effortless, and that, that's that's the way to and do he's, it. He's just got a passion for it too. That's the thing, and 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 just love the fact that he is now just taking it upon himself to be like, all right, I'm going to be the cinematographer, and God knows what the. I mean, when it comes to Rebel Moon, I'm I'm dying to see some footage of that because. From you know, just from what we little tidbits we've got right now, I'm like going this movie. I mean, anything that I mean, it's it's funny because you know, with all the recent Star Wars stuff, I mean, it's just like yeah, you know, pick your poison. Some of it's good, some of it's not. I mean, even with the, like the recent uh, Obi Wan, and you know, it's funny too when you're talking about like up close shots and whatever the hell. Um, don't I mean as much as I loved you saw the finale and all that stuff, right? Obi Wan, yeah, you know the um. You know the 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 Obi Wan and, and uh, Darth Vader thing when he slices the helmet. It's a yeah. great, well acted shot. 
and I know like Steven went to town on the whole lighting and stuff like that. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is, I love that. I love hearing the technical stuff. And, uh, uh Steven wrote a great article about that. And uh, a lot of people are interested in, in that article because people are fascinated about how the sausage is made, which is great. Yeah, but absolutely. one of the things that, yeah. And somebody pointed it out when I remember I retweeted it was, like man this was shot very shitty i'm like yeah it wasn't shot the best it really it wasn't i'm mainly concerned about the performances and the emotional depth of the scene but yeah, yeah i wish it was shot better because it's like it's just a camera in their faces you know and it's just on you know and it's just kind of and it kind of cuts off the head or the hair and the you know and i'm just kind of going man yeah i wish it was the the shot especially for something like this was constructed better you know, to really get like, I don't know, just to make it just look a little, a little bit better. But okay, what can yeah. you? I, yeah, I completely get what you're saying, and it's. Uh, yeah. uh, but at the same time, in terms of like the knowing your audience, I guess they're probably just happy to see it, right? That's what it is. The way that it was actually constructed from a filmmaking perspective. Imagine that close up on a four three ratio, like of like oh. a soft focus on the eye with like seeing the full suit. Oh, see, but I mean, it's like. That's what that's what I hate though is the fact that you know they could actually you know instead of having somebody or having the time or the budget is probably budget too that's also that uh, that they're concerned with but at, at the same time it's like you just it would just be nice for if they really were were to just take shots like something like that and not make it where it's you know just how oh, I just shoot it act there you go it's gonna sell people are gonna be fine with it people are gonna love it which is true but at the same time it's just 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 to go that little extra mile and what what zach does and some other filmmakers obviously do is they they just go that extra mile for like something that's just real quick i mean i'll be watching stuff i mean even things like you know with stranger things some of the shots that they uh, have on there you kind of go the quick shot but i'm like i bet you I bet you that shot that just flashed across, they love that shot. I bet you the Duffer brothers love that shot right there because that looked like a very crafted like shot that they did right there. Because there's uh, something that happens. I don't know if it's the finale or was this. It was a, it was the um, the the episode leading into the finale, where something happens. I won't say what it is, but the way that they positioned somebody and something was happening in front of them was just real. I was like, oh, that's cool because just the way that they shot it and the depth of it was like, there was just something about it. And I went, Oh, that was the way that okay, they eye out for it. Now that you've mentioned. Yeah. It. Yeah. Because like when you see like an overhead, you kind of go, Oh, okay. Maybe they, you know, obviously this certain event was like a little bit, not as close, but when they wanted to get the shot like this, they framed it pretty well. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. Look so it was for like a one shot thing that kind of went from a, close up it's like an overhead kind well, of thing yeah you had an overhead you know shot because something is happening in front of somebody and and then they have it like just the you know person is right in frame and then of course there's just stuff like you know nice. yeah i think you'll know what i'm saying and i was like oh, okay because nice. it was just like yeah it was something that was kind of cool like that but when the core is the the actual filmmaking and it's all a, a dance right like really you, gotta hit, you gotta hit your you gotta hit your mark now so when the camera comes around, you're there and then you can shine with your acting and the lighting elevates it, the editing. But my question is, Stranger Things looks good, right? Um, yeah. What is it that, is it purely budget that is the difference between the difference in quality to other I shows so. on Netflix? Because I think so. Because, I like, yeah. yeah. 
I think it has to be. I, I mean, I think it's that, and like you know, these guys just know what they're doing, you know. And then of course they got Sean Levy, who's a who's a good director too. But I yeah. think it's just, I think it has a lot to do with budget. Like you really, every episode feels like a movie. Budget like, yeah, it feels like you could be watching this on a on a screen, you know, and like. Uh, especially with these last two episodes with certain things. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot has to do with budget, um, you know, but, you know, when it comes to other Netflix shows, yeah, maybe it's just, they just want content. So they just, sometimes you don't even know who's directing some of the stuff, but then again, sometimes you'll have like these big directors, like your Martin Scorsese's or whatever, and they'll try to do something with whatever, but you know, maybe, it's just it's never going to look as good as it does like on a on a big screen. That's why if I can catch any mo new movie on a big screen, I'm going to do that. Because I think, yeah, COVID really made me appreciate just the spectacle of going. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to go as much as I can, even some movies that I might not necessarily have as much skin in the game in terms of like whether it's going to be good or bad. I got no expectations, but I just I want to see it. I want to see it in a theater kind of thing because it's there's, there really is no other experience with it. The room is shaking. The color is there. The size is there. It's yeah. But you know what? Like big studio movies, big streaming companies, Netflix, like the directors of Stranger Things have a vision and they got backed for it. Right. Like, yeah. like this is the way it's going to look and everybody buys in. It's not retrofitted into something later, which I feel like a lot of the time to the detriment of a lot of other shows, they try and maybe for take the Kenobi scene the the final act where you get the saturation clipping and everything my question is do they do they know what they're trying to go for in posts when they're shooting it or is it like that whole approach of like no change it uh this is evenly lit we got to make sure we can see the faces at all time don't blur the faces because the characters if they disappear out of that will lose interest from people so it's like you don't always have to have the clearest shot my favorite yeah. shot of bvs is you know when batman's coming out from the from the ashes right at the end it's like just sidely it's always used as a thumbnail you always see it yeah you know the one i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about because i was like in the first teaser also yeah and zach was yeah. like initially it was like i want to feel like from the other angle but when i when i saw whoever lit it and it was like that he's like no leave it out that that tells the story yeah and a lot of the time people are or all these other streaming companies or whoever's shooting these things they go for an approach where it's like almost daytime tv um kind of approach where it's like everything always needs to be perfectly lit and if you want to add a little bit of grit it's done in post with crunching things here and then it's all that format so Ugh, I that. creative approach i get it all the time now when i'm shooting stuff where it's like cool you want like a gel lit shot with all these kind of colors in the back you know you're going to wash out the color of the product you're trying to sell so choose one or the other you can't have can't have everything if you're going to go for a creative thing understand what comes with it you're your face is probably not always going to be like nicely lit, but it's going to tell more of a story. Yeah. And, and you can see that a lot in like the, you know, obviously we talk about the MCU and sometimes how their, you know, their color palette looks and the lighting looks and it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah see, I can, <laughs> I, still, I remember you ripping the airport scene and people are like, but yeah. well, it's a cool scene. It's like, yeah, it's a cool scene. Technically speaking though, maybe not. Yeah. When he, yeah, it's a great scene because it's it's all of them together. They're fighting, or some of them aren't really, you know, yeah. fighting. Which is I, that's that's another thing too that doesn't there's there's not a lot of weight to it. But um, but yeah, it's just so dull and it's just so like, man, it's like, ah, uh, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I 
Russo brothers aren't bad directors by no means. They're good storytellers. I get that. But when it comes to, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like they have their own signature at all really like i couldn't tell like if, if i were to watch like a, a a random russo brothers movie would i know it's a russo brothers movie like i don't know if like now that they're out of the superhero out of the marvel game you know what's with uh with what they've been i haven't seen any of their what are newer coming out there's like one big the thing gray, that's coming out the gray man the gray man that's right with, uh ryan gosling and chris evans and anna de armas, de armas. Um, <laughs> yes oh, yeah we love her but um yeah i'm just kind of wondering like okay so is this will it f feel oh wait did they do the uh did they do that chris hemsworth movie on netflix no they produced wait, it is, I that, don't know. is that them with miles teller as well or no is that something else Oh, this whatever the hell I didn't even watch. I heard bad things about that. So, oh, right. yeah, I, I don't know if they produced it or directed it. I don't know. I'm like, um, yeah. I'm not brushed up on my Russo's uh, filmography. Right different now. things, right? Like, I, I reckon their strengths coming from community and wherever they came from before the MCU. I think if you look at, you got to look at different things to be able to tell whether it's a, a Russo directed thing. Like, they're probably great at dynamics and little slapstick comedy here and there yeah. and like dynamics between big teams and ensembles like community is a pretty diverse cast and making that captivating as a show oh, in yeah. 30 minute format so when you got like lots of people and characters i guess they're great at showing everybody in a light but are yeah. they the best at cinematically speaking lighting it and stuff yes and this goes through they, they also did arrested development also which is a great mm -hmm. show fantastic show i don't know if you've seen it clue always drills me because he's like yeah. all these comedies that i gotta watch all the boys always yeah. drill me for the stuff i haven't seen <laughs> yeah no that's one to put on your list it's a great it's a great show and you know it's yeah maybe you're right they're they're good at doing that kind of comedy and just like you said there's not much that's to it because it's very much it's almost like documentary style where it's just it's like someone's just got the camera on their shoulder and they're just filming these characters like talk and stuff like that. They're not necessarily trying to wow you with uh, the frame. They're trying to wow you with the storytelling and the timing of, um, of the lines and the jokes and whatnot. And mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, uh, you know, they have, I'm not saying that they, they have all bad, there's nothing that, that, that they have some really good infinity war. I think was, was, they have some, there's some pretty beautiful shots in there. Sure. sure. But a lot great, of it's like, yeah great cgi i mean that's what helps but i think what what lacks and what zach you know doesn't lack is he knows he tries to do as much as he can on the set and not just resort to oh no we'll just do post we got vfx we got green screen. yeah it might be a green screen set but he's like all right what well, we have to do we have there's going to be a uh, an explosion that's going over here we have to light their faces right there yeah. we got to light in a certain way yeah, we're, it's going to be the time of day is going to be this, which I always love that he either, you know, a lot of his stuff's like shot like dusk, dawn, That's it's not broad daylight. Going, yeah. yeah, and even when he does shoot stuff in broad daylight, it looks great. But for the most part, he's, there's, uh, there's something when it comes to that kind of lighting where it's dark or it's about to be dark. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, the Man of Steel fight. And Zod fight, you know, and Superman and Zod fight. I mean, that's happening when the sun is going down. Is I mean, it starts off day, but then when it gets to that, it's like, all right, now the sun is kind of going down, and so you could see that yeah, sky yeah. in the background. Yeah, and it just looks so goddamn good. And and I think like you know, you put the characters in front of these green screens, you're gonna have to like get that proper type of lighting. You really have to have that proper lighting, and 
And that's why all his visual effects pop. They just pop. Like you look at his stuff yeah. and you're going, wait a minute. The suits, the, the fucking suits were not, yeah. they were mocap. What? You know? People are freaking out over Dr. Strange over uh, what's his name? Oh, Raimi. You know, the, yeah. But the guy that his mouth disappeared, what, what was that character's oh, name? Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, Bolt, Black Bolt. Yeah. So like technology is there and when it's done right, it's, it, it looks incredible. Black Bolt right. really looks good in that. Um, yeah. But you're talking about a Man of Steel movie that was released nine years ago. How, Crazy. How long, like, but also the CGI and stuff, all the post work on that would have been more than nine years. That was probably done like a year in advance. Yeah. And it holds so up. A decade. And it's just about knowing what you're trying to achieve yes. with your light and everything. And then like technology always improves incrementally. But why are we still getting stuff that's worse today than it was 10 years ago? It seems like sometimes it, it is like that. I mean, it's 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 weird. It's weird how... There's things that, I mean, people always talk about the original Jurassic Park holding up, and that's in 1994. That's when, like, ILM really kind of just, like, joined the, uh, like, hey, we could do this. Because at first they were going to do uh, stop-motion animation with the dinosaurs, but they were like, no, let's try to do this and try to make them look real. And then you watch it to this day and you're going, was it, like, robot kind of? Oh, yeah, there's some of that, too, close-ups. But, you know, those 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 far shots i mean obviously you couldn't achieve that with robotics but man i tell you what and uh oh we got somebody that's joining in right now that's uh joining the panel hold on up up scott yeah hey 93 by the way it was 93 not sorry sorry whenever we get something wrong you can always count on scott to, oh, to God, know what, it's, it's what i'm here for it, it's it, i have to keep dave in his place you know it's yeah just, it, it's my job really on the exactly. panel it really bad. is especially on batman the fan it made it yeah well yeah i just <laughs> i i still i just look at 93 and go the dude went from jurassic park to schindler's list in the same year i'm that's crazy isn't that crazy two vastly different films Range, man. Jeez, I mean, that's yeah. why he's. That's why he is who he is, man. I mean, but yeah, the but they but the use of the animatronics. The thing was Spielberg's genius with Jurassic Park was he only went to CGI when he absolutely had to. If he could get away with using an animatronic dinosaur, they use an animatronic dinosaur. That's what I mean. That's how you get texture and. No, yeah. as someone who just saw the original on the big screen a couple of weeks ago, that's right. Dude, yeah, it 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 still holds up. Like it, oh, I mean, like people say that, and I'm like, no, it really does. Like it's crazy to think this was 1993 when this movie came out. Hmm. I mean, that, that's why. I mean, that's why blowing up airplanes and flipping trucks practically, and then <laughs> working with like miniature models and stuff. Sometimes practically in camera, you can. There's a lot Dude, you can I do. mean. I mean, that's why Top Gun is at a billion dollars. People want it. People, as much as we love these popcorn flicks that are just like, wow, look at this and everything. And there's a green screen so they could just put all kinds of shit behind them. Sure, that's cool. But sometimes you need a break and you just want to feel something real, you know, kind of thing almost. Well, it's, it's why John Wick ended up being such a yeah. big smash was that, you know, I, I remember I didn't I didn't catch on to John Wick until John Wick 2. Because one of my buddies, who's a former Marine, told me, oh, no, no, he, no, Keanu did the work. And, yeah. and, and I'm sitting here going, when a, Mar when a couple of Marines are telling me that, oh, no, all the stuff he's doing in that movie, that's legit. Like, I'm like, oh, 
okay, I will, I will, I will take your word for it because you know, yeah. those are the guys who I tell you I sit through an action movie and they will tear it to shreds. Oh, that's yeah. like my they dad really like right? gun and stuff, right? Like yeah. They, they oh, yeah, yeah. The way, the way you know they talked about Keanu running a three gun course where you know you've got like you've got you know pistol, <laughs> shotgun, and an AR, and an yeah. AR, and it's just you know and, and, and you, you know that he's done movies, the work. Because you've We're seen saying, him at the range, like Keanu, yes. you've seen him at the range yeah. doing all the kind of training for it, which is cool. Like that, that's what it Well, it was fun watching the videos of Halle Berry doing it for John oh, Wick 3. Yeah. And it was like. Yeah, it's dog training. It's all training. Well, it's also like when you watch those movies and it's like one shots because, you know, they don't have to movie magic that shit. It's like, no, that's they're doing they're doing it they, they know how to do it and it's kind of funny because i was watching the first episode of the terminal list last night on amazon Ooh, how's that it, okay good um uh you know there's they went and dropped all eight episodes so you can watch yeah. you can watch all eight episodes because i've read the book and so i watched the first episode they've already been making some changes but they work really well it's what the, it's those changes when you go this is a tv show now so i can i can understand this yeah. but like i'm watching the way that Chris Pratt holds the gun and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, it, like right. you, you starting thanks to stuff like John Wick and Atomic Blonde and like all, all the things that, you know, those guys are doing stunt wise, you start recognizing, you know, the, the skill set of going, yeah, you really are holding that like, yeah, correctly. Properly. Yeah. Well, it's also, I was reading the, the forward and the new hardcover and on the terminal list, like, all the extras you're seeing on like SEAL teams, yeah, all those guys were SEALs. Okay, I was so about to say, like, yeah, they, they do that those shit, are all yeah. retired SEALs that are that are playing SEALs in the show, and you're like, damn, yeah, dude. I know, I heard about that. Too. I think I read uh, an article um, that was talking about how they basically said, like, uh, you know, they basically trained Chris Pratt to be a SEAL, pretty much for that movie or for that show, sure. so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because he also was in. I forgot this. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. So yeah, he's been. He's had training already before. I mean, that's what's so. That, that's what. That's that's got to be what's so fun about being like some of these these guys that doing. That's why Keanu loves doing this shit. It's like the fact that. I mean, how many times when you were a kid or whatever the fuck, and you just wanted to pretend and you know you have your like your fake little guns or something like that, and you want to do it. And these guys are like literally getting trained, getting paid to get trained like that for real. Yeah. You almost want to see like, what would they be like in a real life situation? But at the same time, just they're just doing this shit for real and getting trained by like by, by the best. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, but going back to Top Gun, I mean, I think just people just wanted something real and it was, and Tom Cruise was like, you know what? We're doing this for fucking real. We're not going to guess. We're not going to do what we did in the first one where we're just on a set and we're like, you know, reacting to this. We're on something, you know, uh, a makeshift cockpit that's just like turning and stuff like that. We're not going to do that. We're going to feel the G-forces. And when you watch that movie, you're feeling the fucking G-forces. And you're just like every all the actors are just like, and you're like, oh, my God, how did they? Jeez. And you're so like, you, know when they, you know when they actually go up and like you see yeah. the face change yes. like, from pressure and stuff and like you can't you can't <laughs> act like no shit going like your, your head going back like that you know it's yeah like you, actually, you feel like you are being ripped up into the sky when that stuff happens like and that's why i think you know and to your point i think this is why top gun makes a billion is because there's this pen, there's there's always this pendulum swing it's like we we go crazy cgi stuff and then but when you get enough of that 
you see something like Top Gun and all of a sudden everyone's just having this giant breath of fresh air of, oh man, that's like, that's it's real. Like, yeah, you know, it really yeah. does that. It also helps that Tom Cruise has gotten himself this reputation of, oh no, that, that, that crazy son of a bitch is doing all of this shit. <laughs> like he would do it, yeah. He would do exactly. any of that. So I mean, and I and and you know what? I can I can enjoy the CGI stuff, but then I can yeah. enjoy the practical stuff. But it's also it, but it's to the point that like when you get the really good CGI, where you swore that was practical, and somebody has to go, no, that was CGI. You know, we've joked about you know why nineteen seventeen wins the best visual effects Oscar. It's like because it was freaking daylight and they yeah, shot it in the movie that think it's a night. When, when i found out that that shot like when he's running through the, the, the town was all like was shot during the day and it was i was like jesus christ i mean that that was just a feat right there Do you remember I mean, all the batman stuff remember the, the motorcycle oh, yeah. in daylight and then them turning it into nighttime kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's crazy so, I, mean, could do that. I, I think what people it always amazes me when people want to it's not the visual effects that you know they're visual effects. It's the visual effects when you're like, don't know it's touched. What? Yeah. <laughs> you're kidding me. And yeah. like, and I feel like when you can't see the seams, why people want to complain when those movies win best visual effects is like, <laughs> what, yeah, and what I are think you I, smoking? I mean, seriously. I remember, I remember when we uh, when we talked to uh, you know Brian Hirota and uh, DJ, yeah. And I think that that question did get brought up. Is like, do you? I think maybe Stephen, of course, um, brought up like, you know, what's what's better? Like when people don't know that there's VFX on there or when it is. And I think uh, I think what Brian said was like, there's something about achieving like a crazy special effects shot. And yes, you know it's special effects, but people are like, damn, that looks good. Like it's a work of art. But there is, and I think DJ even said like, there is something that's kind of cool about when people don't know, like, like when you see. Um, you know, especially when it's a, a movie that takes place. I mean, look at look at the Joker movie, for instance. I mean, I mean they had to turn it back into what, like nineteen or like late nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah, like almost a New York City vibe. But of course, it's it's Gotham. But they had to like do something. I mean, when you see those shots, it just seems like they just shot whatever. But it's I like no, yeah. Todd Phillips. You know, when he breaks it down on Variety or something, where yeah. he kind of sketches over it, it's like. This part was set building and, uh, yeah. and stylization with bringing in old cars and stuff. That, that little part at the back, that little horizon, that's CGI. That's world building. So it's like that perfect blend where like practicality meets CGI and it looks untouched. That's the job of a retoucher. It's the job of an editor. Yeah. No, like you got to be a magician. They can't even know that you're there. It needs to look. I, I'm, really, trying to remember, it, right? I'm trying to remember the director in the movie I was, I was thinking about. But like one guy was like, oh, no, this is practical. The only CGI is because of the period we had to erase all of the antennas on the top of the buildings. Right. <laughs> See, you know what's kind of funny about that? Uh, what was I just watching? Was it? It wasn't Stranger Things. God damn it! What was I just watching? Uh, no, I can't even remember. What the hell was I just watching? But, you know, and it sucks, too, because that's just it's just me and the fact that I work in the telecom industry. Anytime. Oh, no, it was uh, the black phone. Um, 
obviously that takes place. It takes place in Denver, 1978. And, and it's just, it's just funny because it's, it's shot very well. You know, it's a great movie. Um, you know, Scott Derrickson does, you know, he's really good at, um, at, at what he does and, uh, recommend it definitely. Um, but I always look at the telephone poles and I'm always like, yep, yep. There's cable and fiber up there. I don't think that was there for 1978. <laughs> and I'm just kind of wondering if I was like, if I was like, if I was a director, what I would be going to be like, Hey, is there any way that we can, uh, erase that what's on them because basically it would just be telephone and power that's about it in 1970 whatever the hell but you know there's some people like that who would do that i mean yeah this is this is this is why i miss director commentary like why director commentaries aren't as prolific as they used to be because that's the that's the kind of stuff that i would i would eat up when i would watch movies is listening to those director commentaries and even when the goose happened and they go wait a minute wait a minute just just wait Right there. You see that? Yeah, we screwed that up. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. I always love that when they rip it apart or they say like how they constructed the scene. Oh, the Shazam. Scene. Do you remember Shazam? They were saying in the, in the mall scene, there was like some like yes. the at the back kind of thing. And it's like, uh -huh. that's cool. Like I, I wouldn't have caught it, but like – Thank you we had to change his shirt because, like, yeah, some crew guy was crew guy was still in the shot, so we had to like <laughs> we made it part of the scene. I, like, yeah. and that's why I was all about Sandberg. Sandberg is just like, oh no, I'm going I'm to show you, <laughs> I'm going to pull back the curtain. I'm going to show you how the sausage is made, and I'm going to make you laugh while I do it. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that man so much. I praise. I and, and 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 I hate the fact that it's like you know, it just seems like Shazam Two is like kind of done for. Um, I, I you know being released where it's released, and it's like oh yeah, you're gonna release it during Christmas. This one when it doesn't take place during Christmas. Dan, Boy, I, I listened to you last week when you said like not releasing it during the period of like with Elvis and the Captain Marvel and the, the to your it's hundred percent that, that the, yeah. the release date should have been like that and it should have been it's Warner Brothers man come on like. So yeah, I, I can't get I can't I can't stop like even thinking about how they dropped the ball with how they could have, you know, because Elvis is Oscar bait. It's 100 percent. So 100 Oscar bait. And, and, and it's Oscar bait that you don't mind being Oscar bait. Like it's no. Oscar bait that you go. No, no, you you, you go. You, yeah. You know what pissed me off so much on, on the feed? I saw somebody but like it's going viral at the moment. It's like a little screenshot of like. Austin Butler's makeup sweaty at the end when like it's that last last whatever like oh the Unchained Melody the scene with Unchained Melody yes, at the end kind of bloated yes. out too yeah and, like yeah. a lot of the Gen Zers and stuff is like oh this is what's going to win the award like look this guy this guy like definitely would have been sweating on her, on on an episode of Hot Wings and stuff and it's like like it's what the dude looked like the makeup's good like look at it objectively by the way by the way and, can you catch it when it transitions to the yes, actual footage yes, yes. Uh, that's what I was just about I, to say. I mean, like, I was with Heather, and Heather was like, what? I was like, oh, no, did you notice when they asked, you, did you notice suddenly when it became 4-3? Yes. It's like, that's yeah. when it went to real footage. You yeah. know? <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, these people didn't actually watch the fucking movie where they show that scene, and Austin Butler's doing it, and then all of a sudden it transitions to the actual footage. Mm. Like, just so, like, Baz Luhrmann and his editors, they know how to transition shit so nicely because... And that's what I'm like. I mean, shit. I mean, when it comes to editing, best editing, this movie should be definitely yeah, nominated. Editing award for sure, dude. I mean, some of the stuff like when it's showing it's doing a montage of things and like, I don't know, like in the splicing real footage. I'm trying. I'm sitting there going, "Oh, that was real. Oh, that was real." I was even like, "I was like, hey, oh, I think that's real footage." And sometimes you couldn't even spot it. Seamless, so, but that's, I kind of take it back. Should be mentioned for an editing award, but then again, I just watched um, everything or everything everywhere always. 
editing wise that's good yeah that's good. oh and by the way did you read the, did you did you see the little blurb that the entire visual effects department on that movie was nine people and they were self and they, like half of them were self-taught like no they used, shit. You, on yeah. everything everywhere on everything everywhere all at once yeah because it's i mean it was an indie movie and yeah yeah th there was there was a little thing i saw that was like the visual effects department was like nine people and half of them like were learning as they went like you're looking up youtube like they were literally like us like they would look at youtube oh, videos I didn't know where that. they didn't wow. know how to how to do something but see, that's, why that's, I, so that's why i love that movie i love that's, that movie so much it. You feel everybody, you feel that. That's the thing. And again, that's why that movie is doing well for being an indie movie and being A24 is like best, right? It's like they're- no, it, is, it is now yeah. worldwide. It is now uh, uh, domestic worldwide. It is now A24's number one box office yeah. earner. But that's the thing is like people, again, just something fresh, a breath of fresh air. Ah, yes, we got they, something like yes. different. At the same time, they're not reinventing a wheel. That's Scott Pilgrim. That's being done. It's just yes. being like reintroduced to the world and done well. These guys, like yeah. you said, Scotty, like self-taught, all they had was a vision. They knew what they were trying to go for. And they shot it and edited it for what the what the vision was. By the way, a plug if you if you know because we tend to be podcast listeners. Um, a twenty fourth podcast new episode this week is the Daniels and right. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, okay. Because so, yeah, they, they, they Swiss Army together, man. Swiss Army yeah. man, yeah. But yeah. It, but they they get Cheesecake Factory takeout and they interview each other on the podcast. So <laughs> that's awesome. Gotta love that. Cool. But yeah. But again, it was like another thing of like, okay, we have all, I mean, talk about just coming out perfectly because, you know, you have all this multiverse stuff that's happening with Marvel, with Spider-Man, and of course, Doctor Strange. Then you have this movie that goes, oh, you want to see multiverse? Well, we'll show you some fucking multiverse. And they showed us some fucking multiverse. It's and like, it was so you know. brilliant. It was so brilliant because I, I do agree with people and who are like, what perfect timing to have everything everywhere all at once come out like a month and a half before Doctor Strange, so that when you saw Doctor Strange, you're just kind of like, eh. Because I was like, I've always wanted to did it better. Like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, like, they did. Yeah, this team, this team knew they were doing. Of course, and you get Michelle Yeoh and like yeah. the whole that whole cast. We were just like, oh my god, the, the brilliantly acted as well. Oh like, my god, every, everyone, everyone at the, the end. Everyone stepped up to the plate, but see, you just got to love that kind of stuff. And that's what, that's what I'm loving about, um, you know, when it comes to movies this year and you, you and me, Scott, our top four are exactly the same. It's, exactly it's, the same. it's, it's Batman. It's Batman. Everything, everywhere, all at once, Top Gun and the Northman. And the Northman. You know? Yes. Have I you mean, seen the Northman yet, Tony? Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, like you watch that movie. I, I just remember just like just sitting there and just being like the visuals, just everything just looked gorgeous and everything was just and you just I'm just going like, God damn it, man. I mean, I'm, and I'm just going imagining myself like how just back then and just being in this type of world. And then you get to that final battle. It's just like, oh, they're going to have this naked final battle, you know, when a volcano, you know, a volcano is going like on. Anakin and Obi like vibes. Yeah. Oh, you do. <laughs> totally did. Totally did. And then, of course, you got some of those Valkyrie scenes that felt like the Green Knight. Yeah, and yes. it and it's all based on the same source material that Hamlet came from. So it's yeah. just it's like, not so Shakespearean. That's what I was gonna say. It's just the yeah everything, and it's it not was. a movie to be streamed. Like 
I, I tried recommending oh. it to people that it probably wasn't for and they didn't get it. It's like, Tony, you're weird. You like weird movies. But <laughs> for me, that shit, just whether I like what happens in the film is one thing. Whether the director does it and blows it out of the park with the way they do it is a whole different other thing. And this, no, for I me, agree. this was great. Well, and I and I agree with you is that like I can watch a movie and go, I don't know how I feel about the movie, but it was done really well, you know. Or it's like, or I can read a book and like people complain, well, I didn't like any of the characters. Screw that! I don't need to like the characters. I'm just like, <laughs> was it well written? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that, was it well acted? Because sometimes the people I end up quote liking the most in the movie are some of the most terrible, despicable people in the movie. I'm not sure if that says something about me personally, but <laughs> but once again, it's because it's about who's performing it, who's playing it. Um, ran, random non sequitur, but just because I've been watching it, I'm in episode three. Uh, people told me about this, but I'm on Paramount Plus and I'm watching The Offer right now. Okay, have, the have Godfather you, about the making of The Godfather. Oh, okay, there you go. I was I the was like, casting I know what is. is like Miles, Miles Teller, man, Miles Teller is having a year he really is i mean he 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 stars in this as the producer of the godfather al ruddy and and between that and then being you know top gun and i'm saying going well this is the guy was like cyclops in the prequel x-men movies and he was in uh, oh no no he was a fantastic four he was reed's richard he was reed Reed richards Richards. he he was also ready player one yeah was he in Ready Player was One? Was he in that movie with Michael B. Jordan um, and Trank's first movie? Yeah. What was it called? He was, uh, he was, in- he was in- no, he wasn't in that. No, he w- was he in that? No, he oh, wasn't that was in that. Dane uh, DeHaan. DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. Like, yeah. uh, similar um, I always forget what that fucking movie is called. Uh, it's one word. Someone yeah, it's all one Super shot. All one shot. Um, Chronicle? Chronicle, Chronicle, there you go. Chronicle, Chronicle. that's what it is. That was cool. Which, you know, when it comes to those those type of movies, that's an art in and of itself. Um, you know, trying to do those. I mean, obviously, when it came to uh, Blair Witch, you know, what's kind of funny. It's like I just I just saw a podcast with Thomas Jane and uh, they brought up Deep Blue Sea, which if anybody hasn't seen Deep Blue Sea, that's a great movie. Have you guys seen it? I have Deep not Blue seen it. Yeah, you're not good with core. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, and there's some pretty gory stuff, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. I remember going and seeing it with my dad and we walked out loving that. And, um, it's, it, it's underappreciated. I, I don't like to use underrated a lot because I think people overuse, uh, underrated. Underrated it means people yeah. don't like what I like. Exactly. People and overuse it. Yeah. And overrated just means about enough underappreciated. people like something yeah. that I don't like. Yeah, exactly. People, yeah, people use that a little too much. But I would say that Deep Blue Sea, not a lot of people uh, talk about it enough because I always like there was just it was it was a shark movie and it was about enhanced sharks and what they were trying to do. And it was a really good movie. And that was the first time I got like I knew who end up who knowing who Thomas Jane is. And um, and then he talked about how like that movie didn't do well because Blair Witch came out the same weekend and blew it out of the water. No pun intended, but yes, it's just like this small movie that they just put like, Hey, we're going to do like this handheld thing. And everybody went to see it. I mean, I saw that too, but at the same time, it was I like, remember I tried to see it for like a month and I could never yeah. make it to it. And of course yeah. it also held with the whole marketing, making you think yeah. that it was, it was, it was real. real. Yeah, if they made it think it was real, but then, but then, like, I loved how, and I was like, I always loved the found footage, um, 
uh, art, like the, the films, because people kept on trying to push it, push it, push it. And when Matt Reeves just came out and said, all right, well, we're going to do a monster film like that. I was like, holy shit. I mean, I, the way the, how he pulled that off, you know, with uh, Cloverfield, I don't even, it, it, it still amazes me. You have like a, a shark that would stand up kind of thing, like, a, like one that would, like, it was like kind of on his legs, like a standing kind of shark or something. Like he was like, like, like in, in uh, Cloverfield? Deep Blue Sea. No, Deep Blue oh, Sea. Deep Blue sea. Deep blue sea was basically, the, the, the premise of it is, is like there's this facility that is extracting like, like brain matter or like DNA from these Sounds enhanced sharks to try to cure, uh, um alzheimer's and in in result it's actually making their brains larger so they don't stand up but they like uh there's like a part where like they, they when they approach like certain things all of a sudden they swim backwards and they're like wait did that shark just swim backwards and it's like they're very like they 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 it's almost like raptors in Jurassic Park. Let's say, do they, they open learn. doors? That's the one I need to know. Do they? Open yeah, they don't. They, they don't open doors <laughs> because <laughs> only because naturally, you know, how are you going to make a, a shark movie of a facility that's in the ocean? How are you going to make you know sharks get in there? You know, someone's going to fuck something up and doors are going to open. Water's going to start flying in there. And it's so like familiar. That. I think I must have watched it as a kid. But this yeah. Way. No, I didn't show it upright, but it was like there was a big thing that they swam backwards. It was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, oh shit, you know, just like that, you know. So, but it's it, yeah, it's a good movie, but but yeah, that just led me into like um, a whole Thomas Jane thing, and they even talked about the mist. By the way, the mist. Oh, yeah. the mist. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I you know that you know that was one of those that it was like Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont walked. So Mike Flanagan could fly. Well, that's a good. That's a good way to say that. Yeah. I mean, because when it comes to Stephen King adaptations, yeah. you know, with Frank Darabont, <laughs> you got Shawshank, Green Mile, Green Mile and The yeah. Mist. Yeah. And then and that led us into Mike Flanagan doing what he does, and it's just like fun it, fact. Oh, fun fact about The Mist: What Thomas Jane said on this podcast, um, the ending. Obviously, yes. the Honestly. ending is one of those. I remember I again saw it with my dad, and we were both like walked out like, "Holy shit!" Like that ending. Have you seen it, Tony? I haven't seen the mist. I'm looking okay. it up right now. Oh, yeah, dude, you... okay. We won't even say we won't, we won't know, say no. it because it is uh, one of those endings um, that it's just. And there's goes... a black and white version too that's really oh, hard shit. to come by these days. Oh, and I think the black and white version has an alternate ending. Yeah, but what Thomas Jane said was that ending, when when you know they obviously turned it into the studio and everything like that, the studio was like, change that ending, or else we're gonna have to cut your budget. And guess what? They said, all right, we'll have to work with a a smaller budget then because he didn't want to change the ending. And I'm thankful he didn't because that ending is still talked about to this day. Oh no, it, it, the it, other it, side it, of the coin with the yeah. I am legend and today though, right? Will Smith being like, what if what if it ended another way? And now Yeah. But studio mandated endings, I get it. Oh god. No, and that's the funny thing is because like the, the the alternate version of I Am Legend is the better version of the movie. Well, of course it is. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it makes so much it, it like the movie like holds together. So much better. Of course, I still need to read the story, the Richard Matheson story, because there's another guy who it's like when you look at Richard Matheson's work. Are you guys familiar with what he's done? No, you're giving me a little lesson here right now. I'm looking it all up. Okay, okay, so Richard Matheson, who wrote the I Am Legend story, was also the guy who wrote What Dreams May Come. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the Robin Williams. Robin Williams movie. Uh, he also wrote the novel Somewhere in Time, which they made into a movie with Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour. Hmm. If you've not seen that, that is like, oh my God, like tear up my heart, stomp on it, make me, wow. make me cry. I know about that one. Oh, no. Mm. It's one of those movies that, that looks like it should be a chick flick. But my dad and I cry over it and love it. And then we showed it to like my mom and my sister. They were like, it was okay. And we're like, but it's beautiful. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're supposed to be crying. Yeah. He also he also was the guy who wrote um, Terror at 20,000 Feet. Terror at 20,000 Feet. Which one was that? That one? was the episode of The Twilight Zone with William Shatner that yeah, when they did right, the movie, yeah. it was John Lithgow. Yeah. There's something on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I've watched both. Yeah, because the Twilight Zone movie had John Lithgow, which that one freaked me out when I was. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that up now. It's all in black and white. Yeah. You watch the real, you watch that episode of uh, that one. I mean, sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's great William Shatner acting, you know, of course. Um, we love that William Shatner acting. But then when you see the creature on the plane, it's like, it's so weird. Like, it's just funny. Like, back then, that freaked out people. There's a thumbnail so right now. Yeah. yeah but, but, but it was also like, but it was also black. It was also TV. Like, yeah. It was, like, it was, you appreciate it. You appreciate you it. You know, and then you watch the Twilight Zone the movie where they redid it and they did a great job of like the creature looks different. It's slimy and gross and just weird looking. And there's like a part where like, you know, of course, John Lithgow just does a great job of just being that freak out guy that's just like on the worst fucking plane ride possible because there's turbulence. They're going through a storm and he's just losing it. And then yeah, at the end when he actually. <laughs> good Lord, man. Oh, man. That's uh, yeah. Directed that's by Richard Donner. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, that was a thing. That was a thing that I found surprised. It, it usually is some finds me surprising. It's like when Richard Donner passed away, it was amazing the body of work that people were unaware that he did. It's like the dude directed some movies and he directed a lot of them and he directed like a whole swath. Because I remember like you know, we always like, what are our favorite ones? What are our, like, un underrated, you know, we use the underrated gems. And I was like, Maverick. Love Maverick. And mm -hmm. everyone's like, Thank he you. it was like, he directed that? I was like, hell Thank yeah, you. he directed that. That, dude, I love Maverick so much. And I remember, like, you know, back when we didn't have all these streaming services, kids. And it would be on VHS. Like, when it was on HBO, you put it on. No matter what, if it was five minutes left. If it was like uh, you, you always were happy when it was only 10 minutes in, you're like, oh, shit, you know, because, yeah, I love that movie. That oh movie, God, like, Mel so Gibson, James Garner, Jodie Foster, Graham Greene, you oh, know, awesome. Danny Glover's <laughs> cameo. Yeah. Their, little, their little Easter egg they do for uh, Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. Yes, yeah. that was great. Uh, uh, what's his name? Andrew, uh, uh, not Andrew. Um, uh, Alfred Molina also. Alfred Molina, yes. Yeah, yeah. there's that, that movie. If you like poker, you like old west movies. That's a movie to watch. You know what Definitely. that Maverick did for me for five card draw, like what Casino Royale did for Texas Hold'em, because mm. those are the movies that taught me how to play those games. Oh well, <laughs> true. Cool. I can see that. Um, I was just looking at Richard Donner's like um IMDb. I mean, of course, we you know the, for the, lethal, the lethal weapons, the omen. That's right. Alfred Molina looks so different in it. Oh my god. Oh, dude, yeah. You know, you know Alfred Molina's in, in uh Raiders. That's true. 
He's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, at, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. He's the guy who he's the guy who double crosses Indy. Yeah, <laughs> but then he he ends up getting his. So. He does end up getting his. That's that's the best part about those movies. Which, yeah, by the way, we're one year away from Indy Five. Yeah, how are we feeling about that? You know what? Here's <laughs> here's where I'm staying. You know, I I don't I don't hate Crystal Skull, but it definitely didn't it, it definitely didn't have something. But this is James Mangold. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like he's he's not really disappointed me too terrible. I mean, Ford versus Ferrari was the last thing he did for me, and I'm no, like, yeah, I really enjoyed. And that, that was yeah. excellent. That was excellent, and of course Logan, and like especially if you watch the un, the director's cut of the Wolverine. Oh, that's know, so much better. So much better. Yeah. Uh, so I'm okay with it, and you know what? As long as Harrison is actually like, as long as Harrison gives a shit, that, yeah. that that's the key to it. Yeah, that's if, the key. DK is okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> and then, like you know, I mean, the last the last one, you know, Crystal Skull. That's what it was called, right? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it had its moments, but when when Shia LaBeouf started swinging from the vines, the vines, like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah. went, what the fuck, Steven, Steven, Steve. It was almost like, dude. I mean, I I love you. Mr. Spielberg, but what is fucking happening in this right here? I just, it was just a little too, I think there was a little too much, especially in that scene, that whole chase sequence was like, it's just, this is just all on a fucking set it. right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they lost Mine was when he jumped in the fridge and it's like a nuclear explosion or something. <laughs> oh, that's the very beginning yeah. of the movie. That's like, yeah. Just, so you were lost right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that movie I, it was almost just seemed like it was like hey steven you have to do this movie it's indiana jones come on and he was like all right and then it just was i don't know it just didn't have the feel as the other three i mean the other three just there's just something about those i mean again going back to not not a lot of visual effects it's practical you feel like when he when when Indiana Jones punches somebody, you fucking feel that. When he punches a Nazi on that tank in Last Crusades, you feel that shit. You know, you're feeling that shit. No, I agree, and it comes down to what story you're trying to tell. Like, exactly. if he's this is what worries me. Like, Harrison's kind of signed up for stuff that he hasn't been fully committed to, and it's like <laughs> he must have come back because there must be like a story that he's like got to tell. And it's like, all right, I guess we'll find out when it comes out. Like, I'm open to it. I love Indy. It was like one of my most favorite quoted movies growing up as a okay, kid. Okay, Tony, did them. you watch the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles TV show? No. <laughs> Do you know about this? No. I know oh. about it, but I never watched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sit down, children. Let, let Sit Uncle down. Scott let's, uh, go, let's all gather around, kids. Let's all go. To, okay. It was an ABC Sunday night TV show. It was developed by George Lucas to be educational because in every episode – Indy would either as a like eight or nine year old boy or as Sean Patrick Flannery in his teenage years uh, would bump into historical figures and would take and would participate in historical events. So it was a really great way for kids to have a fun Indiana Jones story, but learn world history. Kind of like a Forrest Gump situation where he's bumping into like the figures and stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um Including um, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Daniel Craig in like the mid nineties. Oh, um, wow. oh yeah, yeah. Because he he gets he gets involved in World War One, and uh, it's it was really good. the The TV show was done where you would see 
Indy in present day, and he was old and he had an eye patch, and like you're like Indy had you know, you know road road you know you know road hard put up wet you know kind of deal, yeah. and. <laughs> He would basically find himself in a situation where he would tell a story, and then the episode would be the story that old Indy was telling, and the nice. episodes would just jump around. When you <laughs> when you get it now, like on DVD, it, it, they did an annoying thing where they took all of the adventures, they edited basically two episodes together into mo- into you know movies, completely cut out the old Indy narration. And all of the episodes are now strung together to chronologically tell Indy's life. So, See, episode like because yeah, they kind I, of like when it came to the Last Crusade, we saw a young Indiana, which was a uh, River Phoenix. River Phoenix, yes. And is they were kind of going like, "Hey, we should probably capitalize on that." I mean, I'm guessing that's why they kind of did it. Was just like, why yeah. not do that? Yeah, but it's it, but it was really good. I mean, they even did an episode. I mean, now we have more movie examples. But for like for school, my social studies teacher, I would hand her. There was an episode called Trenches of Hell because if you wanted to teach kids about <laughs> World War One trench warfare, this yeah. this one hour of television had everything: trenches, no. Gatling guns, yeah. mustard gas, you yes. know, yeah. all, all the stuff. So it was really good, and then as and then as Indiana Jones has gone on, like even Crystal Skull, if you know what you're listening for, they reference it, like they they hint at things Indy did. Oh, so it, okay. it was kind of cool. Yeah, but like you said, like you said, like a little bit of a Forrest Gump vibe when it came to that, like yeah. like, like going into like these. Uh, and and by the way, did you guys see like uh, Tom Hanks talk about how like he. He thought he told Robert Zemeckis, "Why are we doing the bench scenes?" He's like, "Who's going to sit down with this weird dude and talk about? Oh, do we really need to do this?" Which ended up being, you know, that's just that's the the story, like him telling the story. It's it's a narrative framework. It's like yeah, how the story gets told. But isn't that that's just funny how like Tom Hanks was like questioning it, you know? And that again, going back to how these movies can be made and how like sometimes you, you know, actors and directors and every, you know, just trying to figure things out and craft this way of like telling a story. And the main actor is going really like, just we're going to do this where he's just waiting for a buzz. Is that the number nine? You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, and, and it's, but that was a perfect way to like jump to all these different stories in Forrest Gump's life. And and there's no way that that movie would probably work without having him sitting on that bench and, you know, I've been offering to that bench, by the way, have you? It's in, Savannah, <laughs> it's in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. In Greenbow, Alabama. I always laugh because people are like, yeah, I'm like, that's not actually a real place, but you know. <laughs> no, 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 it's no, it's not. No, it's not. Greenbow, Alabama. It, yeah. it, it's like, it's like to kill a mockingbird going, you do realize that that's, that's not a, Real, not a real a, place. It's not a real place, and that li- and that little kid is Truman Capote, and you know <laughs> all the other things you want to point out when you when you read that book. Oh man, such a great movie! But uh, you know, I always love it when you hear just kind of stuff like that, like especially in recent interviews when people talk about. You know, when somebody asks the question, that's what's so great about nowadays oh. with stuff like this. Go ahead. You said like in terms of like how actors all sometimes question 
like the the vision or the the way yeah. the narrative is worked and stuff. I, I I saw an interview with Christian Bale recently where everybody on set for American Psycho thought he was the worst actor ever because he he said that he basically based his character his his whole aura around an in, like a, a live TV interview with Tom Cruise talking about something. He was just like so it was so impersonal. It was just so like 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 feeling the emotions, but like with dead eyes. And it's kind mm-hmm. of how he based his um his Patrick Bateman or whatever around. And on set, people didn't get it. And they were like, this guy's the worst actor ever. But that was the genius behind it. And I love that. And I love that. That's the thing. I mean, he went as far as capping his teeth, too. I don't know if you guys heard about that. He capped his teeth to make him look as perfect as possible because he thought the character, obviously, he's all about perfection. When you watch that opening scene, when he talks about his fucking morning ritual, which is oh insane. God. Between <laughs> that and the business card scene. Yes. yes that's <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's like, see, I didn't hear about that. I didn't read that, but that's that's interesting. But that just shows you right there. It's like sometimes like you just got to let, I mean, does it work all the time? I almost want to yeah. know like when did it not work? When like somebody, an actor was trying to take it somewhere and the director was trying to take it somewhere and it just didn't work. But you got to love it when certain things just go like, people question it the forrest gump thing or even american psycho thing yeah when people are like but this guy's a dick and then all of a sudden you watch the final project product you're like well dad look at look at what you just got right there that that's fucking beautiful look at that thing do you have any other examples like recent like where that has happened I don't know. There's like, but I love when I, when those little tidbits come out, like, especially when, you know, like Christian Bale's in the new Thor movie and it's like, okay, then all of a sudden somebody asks him about something. I'm like, yes, that's thank you. Because if I were to talk to Christian Bale, I wouldn't want to just be like, so how was it like going in the MCU? I'd be like, it's about being dead in the eyes when answering questions. Like that whole junket interview just felt painful watching him answer some of those questions. Junket interviews. I did that one time and I said, never again. I did it for the Mortal Kombat uh, and I interviewed the the actors that played uh, Kano and Sonya. I did not like it. I wanted, and I try to make the best of it. And thankfully I, I, uh, I made, I think I made Michelle, what's her name? (laughs) I, I, I made her a little like, oh, did he just ask that? But I made what's his name who played Kano laugh because I was like, I was like, hey, so how does it feel like to be the uh, the franchise douche? I said that. I just said that to him. And she like, I remember because they sent me the Zoom like of both of both of them. She went like this, like, like, like what? And then he just laughed. And I was like, I was like, all right, at least he laughed. Because I was just like, I need a, I don't want to ask like the traditional fucking questions. And I just was like, so how does it feel to be the the franchise douche, you know? And then that ended up being like kind of like a running joke because, you know, we said douche about like three or four more times. And I was like, thank God. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm just like, you're, you're, you're literally in a zoom thing and they're like, you have eight minutes or something like that. Yeah. I like this, like when I can have somebody just, hey, let's just relax and let's just fucking have a chat. Gotcha. That's just yeah, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I, it's so funny when like when I go back and look at my Justice Con interview with Harry Lennox, you can watch for like the first 15, 15 to 20 minutes. I am a nervous effing wreck. Like I watch it, I'm like, stop. <laughs> 
like the ticks start to bother me as I watch it going, oh my God, really, dude, get your act, get your act. Together. Whenever you watch yourself on screen, I'm looking at myself on screen feeling funny as well. Like it's, just oh, amazing. it's all, you're good, dude. Oh, no, it's worry. fine. But, 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 but once again, you don't get in depth unless you have time to like build exactly. rapport with the person that you're interviewing. That, that's what? why the, 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 you know, when you think about, you know, the interviewers who like are lauded to this day, it's because they were given that access to have like that one-on-one -on -one time. It, it's like watching that Ron Howard movie, Frost Nixon. It's like, Oh no, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to have insane. Yeah. Oh, that is a, that Richard. is a great flick. Oh my God. That Michael Sheen, Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen is yeah. Frost. And um, I, can't, I can't, I forgot who's Nixon. Shit. Frank, Frank Langella. Oh, okay. There. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, yes, Frank. Yeah. If you don't know who that is, you've seen him in other things. You've seen him. He's showed up in a lot of things. If you know, uh, if uh, you know, wow, it is. good cast. Yeah, it's a good cast. It's definitely a good cast, and uh, uh, we got somebody that's uh, showing up right now. That's cool. But you're living in a fucking dream world, okay? I don't know why I chose that for you, Casey, but hey, Casey. Hey. <laughs> oh, doing, he does live in a dream world. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got the he's got the uh, the blurry background. We talked about, you know, like I said, Tony right here. He's got a good frame of, you know, too. But, you know, he's been Tony is hands down the best. No one See, oh, like, coming his in. His pictures in, are amazing. Ass. <laughs> you see his you see his uh, persona on Twitter, and then you go to his Instagram. He's like a completely different person. <laughs> like, yeah. Who is this guy? <laughs> going yeah, on, his profile is really good. <laughs> yeah. What's going Hi, on, Casey? How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hi, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> He's just waiting for me to say something, you know, smart ass and, yeah. <laughs> and condescending. It's usually how our relationship works, but it's okay, Casey. I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving in 10 minutes anyway. So it's like yeah. you have the floor. I know you got a you got a trip to go on, right? I have a trip. I have yeah. five hours minimum driving tomorrow. So. Where are you going? Um, I'm going back up to the mountains. Ooh, you know, hiking. Uh, there may be some hiking. There will definitely be some drinking. You know, <laughs> and a hot tub. Right. I'm just saying, nice. you, know, you know, it's a good getaway. It is a very, it is a very good getaway. It won't be quite as relaxing as the last time because the entire family, including my three children, are going. So, uh, oh yeah, mm. but yeah, yeah no, we have a holiday weekend over here in the states, so we're all lots of fireworks for you this weekend. Aren't yeah, oh, yeah, we'll yep. be doing that. You know what sucks though, because it's on a Monday, I have to work the next day, so I'm like, God, I always hate it when Fourth of July falls on a weekday because it's like, ugh, they I wish it was on for the hangover. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, Ugh. so I got to like watch myself and be like, okay, stop drinking right here. Watch some fireworks, go home, try to go to sleep. And that's not going to be easy, but what can you do? But before, uh, before uh, Scott, before you leave today, um, tonight, I should say, um, first off, did you watch Stranger Things? I have watched episode eight. Okay. Um, so not the finale. No, no. Cause that's two and a half hours. And I, yeah, no, dude. Once, once, okay. time, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like I just said, three children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, this is not a show I can watch with my children in no, the room. Not at all. And, you know, once they go to bed, it's like, you know, when when episode eight is an hour and a half, great. I can get an hour and a half in. But then when the next episode is two and a half hours, it's like, yeah. 
Um, and I have to get up in the morning and, you know, yeah, pack the family up into the minivan and hit the road. It's like that. So that's why I say I said in the chat before, it's like respect to the dads in the chat because I, yeah. I got no time and I got no kids. I'm not married. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. I got no time anywhere. And it's yeah, trying to trying to fit in two and a half hours middle of the week. Oh, well, you know, uh, Dave is Dave has experienced my children w joining the vodka stream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, there's one that's been on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple actually i think i think yeah declan think they've all his head in yeah have they all have they all made an appearance at this they, point not your oldest well i don't think I don't your think oldest has, i don't think Liam has yeah, shown up Liam but, has yeah. he'll actually listen to me like here's 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 how you know when you see me doing this <laughs> like when you see yeah, the yeah. arm for some reason it's because i'm like snapping at them going oh yeah there's, and it, there's times where i see your your mouth your uh mic get muted or something like that and i see something yeah, yeah. like going on like i'm like well, Chris's a, kids a child, as a well. child has entered the game yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah funny. no i've noticed that no but i wanted to uh talk a little bit about like um dwayne johnson today talking about superman you know and you know casey perfect time confirmed <laughs> Yeah, I know. Is it confirmed? I know. And, you know, it's, 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 we've heard things about possibly a Superman in Black Adam. And we've heard that it's possibly just another silhouette, headless, whatever the hell. They're just like, hey, Superman, remember that guy? But we don't have an actor yet. But then we have Dwayne Johnson kind of just going like, you know, Yes, you have Quote an tweeting actor. Somebody. I'm just saying, you yes. have Yeah, I know. Actor. Exactly. There's there's this guy, this guy right yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Oh, 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 yeah. Bring up that painting of him. Bring up. Look at that. Look at that beautiful yes. thing. Look at that. That's so cool. Yes, we have somebody right there. <laughs> and we know and we know that uh we know that um we know that um Obviously, we got Denny Garcia. Who, uh, yeah, we got that. I mean, we're all we're all locked and loaded when it comes to Superman. Casey, what do you got? Oh. Scott's always got everything at hand's distance as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Scott's always he's got you everything ready. ready. He always come ready. But no. But when when it comes to that, and then I was like, okay, so that's weird. I just thought it was kind of strange that Dwayne Johnson would actually just just do that. You know, and then I went, OK, let me talk to, you know, the person I talk to when it comes to that world. And I'm like, and I just sent them a tweet. I'm like, what's going on here? And he, and he responded like, all right, well, let me just ask and blah, blah, blah. Let me see what I can do. And then it just seems like seems like it's not for nothing. Right. Because obviously we had this, you know, people are talking about um that there's going to be a superman in black adam but it's not going to be they're not going to see a face it's going to be like how it was with shazam and peacemaker and blah 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 and and i've talked about how you know black adam is going to need a little bit of help i mean we're all going to probably go see it right we're all think that's we're what all it is? he kind of needed a little bit of that marketing push i so think he does because again again going back to my whole little rant and gripe about how they kind of dropped the ball when it came to they could have just worked more, it in with elvis and the fact that elvis was a captain marvel fan aka shazam and they could have just kind of did all this and it's like all right and we don't know how much Black Adam is going to connect with Shazam. It's like there's, you know, there was just a thing that they cut it. They could have done marketing again. I don't know. It's just there's just some things there that they could have. They, they could have uh, 
uh, yeah. And now it's like when I, when I heard when we heard that test screenings for Black Adam were not as positive as the Flash. Go figure. You know, the Flash is getting positive in Black Adam, maybe not as much. So they did some reshoots, and now it's like okay, if there is a if there is that rumor out there that yes, we're gonna have a shadowy Superman. And then all of a sudden, Dwayne Johnson this week, the same week that that comes out, goes, oh, yeah, I hear you. We hear you and blah, blah, blah. And he starts doing that. It's not by accident. It's not like he was just sipping some of his tequila and eating, you know, seven pancakes or something on his cheat day in front of his, you know, that he does. And he was just decided to tweet that out. I think it's definitely a marketing thing. I mean, he didn't obviously say Henry Cavill by name, but that's why I was like, all right. Quote Every tweet it, though, it, to me, it kind of seems like, yeah, we're doing it for the fans. I always listen to to you guys, but it, at the same time, it always feels like dismissive and like, like not really addressing the question at hand. Like he's always doing course, that. Well, because he's not going to address the question at hand. That's because, course. I mean, it, it 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 it. Here's the thing: when when you've been following this stuff long enough. You just you you see how you might not know how the game is played, but you've seen the game get played enough times that you're just like, why do people I don't get upset when people give me the runner around. I know they're going to give me the runner around like it, either either for legal reasons or because they don't have an answer or because you can't shit, we got to solve it. We, we got to solve this problem. We got to solve it now. Yeah. And whatever it is, it, it's, it's trying. It, it's, it's like, he's the, he's the lion tamer with the chair and the whip going back Simba, back Simba <laughs> back. You know, it's like trying to, trying to make sure that everyone doesn't just lose their shit because you know, when these rumors come out and yeah. of course it's, it's always funny to me when the people who share the rumors are like, take this with a grain of salt or I don't really know if I believe this, but I'm still going to sit here and comment on it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and and right. that's why it's like, I, I just, I've seen these rumors come and go. I'm not saying that they are, are not something that's happening or maybe could have happened or, you know, you just never know where they're coming from that, you know, is it just because somebody in a production meeting th threw spaghetti in the wall to see what would stick. And it's being reported as, you know, reportedly i've heard that you know doesn't mean that they're taking the idea it might just mean that some guy in the room you know you know threw it off but the problem is is that when we've had the headless cameo and shazam and you got the shadow and peacemaker you don't you, you no one's giving you any benefit of the doubt at this point like it's yeah. like no one you know once bitten twice shy and at this point you you, you know it's fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me and it's like it's also you, like the broken clock is right twice a day situation as well you start enough shit see i was right i was right it's like yeah but you know oh yeah there's a lot of that too and uh by the way uh nikki's asking about that what's the best peanut butter to use it for? i don't know oh <laughs> that situation specifically yeah i know i'm like i don't know but thank you for the ten dollars super chat. Is, is sandwich like a euphemism? I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, Casey. Like, what's, what's going on? Here? That is why. What I'm are you? What are you? What are you putting peanut butter on, Casey? I'm just, I'm just I, I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> the first thing is that I don't. It took like me ten minutes. Butter. It took me ten minutes to do it, but I did it. I'm, I'm making Casey just slightly uncomfortable. Thirsty's always real when Casey pops on, and you see the whole crowd going wild. All the girls thirsting. You know, Casey. That was for you, Tony. But but no 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 no. But, but let's be honest. Let's look at let's look at this beautiful man over here. Let, you know, we understand. We we get it. Okay, what do you want, Scott? What do you want? Your love and admiration, Casey. Oh, you always have that. Butter too. You always have that. You've watched Severance, <laughs> so you're in my good books. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Casey is like any, anybody who's watched Severance, he's like all about it. But you're yeah. doing the yeah. most for Severance, by the way. Like, yeah, he you, totally is. <laughs> you, but you I'm still not getting anything from them. It's no. kind of sad. You know what? It's fine. Casey's doing for Severance what I felt like Rachel did for Army of Thieves. You know, like you find yeah. you find your passion project. But what is just... the best peanut butter, Casey? Yeah, what is the best peanut butter? I'm sorry to disappoint, but I don't like peanut butter. Oh, so... oh! I have no choice in that. Wah, wah. Damn. <laughs> oh man. I like chocolate spread. Chocolate spread. You like a Nutella yeah. kind of thing. Jeez. Or like yeah. Nutella or Natino. Natino's pretty good too. Yeah. Um, I like Hershey's, I like Galaxy. Um, Nutella is good, but it's still mixed with hazelnut, so I'm, I'm not really that big of a fan of Nutella. But sometimes you peanut butter like is just and sometimes you don't. You don't like peanut butter, peanut butter is so great, especially peanut butter and chocolate. No, it's so good. No. Reese's, come on. All right, now oh, I like Reese's. I like Reese's. Okay, at least you like okay, Reese's. Okay, 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 okay. That's that's good. Yeah, there's a combination yeah. right there that just you can't pass up. All right. Now that we've talked about that, <laughs> now that we've had the peanut butter talk, thank you, Nikki. Um, let's get back to this, uh, this uh, Henry Cavill. Talk. I mean, so like when I reached out and to 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 who I talked to in the biz and whatever the fuck, my the I guy. guess you could say it. I was say don't say source. Guy. Don't say guy. You're my guy. Yeah, no, don't guy. say source. You know, may the source be with you. Um, but I just kind of was like, all right. So what's the? And then it's like, oh. Warner Brothers Discovery, I mean, obviously, you know, we were wondering, like, what are they going to do with Superman? So it's like, it, it basically what came back was, it's got to be justified. So that's why I was like, and then it was like, all right, so should we just bombard hashtag Henry Cavill Superman? Sure. All right, let's try that. So The Rock posted not one, but two quote tweets talking about that, which is interesting because it's almost like, all right, he needs, he, I mean, the Dwayne Johnson's the ultimate hype man. I mean that he comes from hype. He comes from wrestle, you know, wrestling, WWE, whatever the hell. He even mentioned that. Yeah. He <laughs> comes from being a hype man. You know, that's that's his thing. So it's like, all right, when he if he's seeing stuff that maybe the the test screenings didn't go as well and they did some reshoots, and hopefully that does help the situation. And maybe people didn't react to the trailer, uh, they didn't hype it up. That's why when he did a video talking about a 98% positive, and I'm like, yeah, what the what's that today? Yeah, what number how did you pull that number out of your ass? <laughs> well, you know, there's you know, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true those, and those you can really just take ball. it all in and i think they were like okay how do we what do how do we take it to a, and 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 he sold it when i saw the video i was like fucker sold it and he that's what he's good at doing so now he's kind of going when 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 this he probably saw that people were talking about oh man another you know shadow superman or blah 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 so then he decides to like all right well fuck it and let me just do this and quote tweet this and then um you know, from what I'm gathering is like, I mean, obviously we all want to see Henry Cavill, just him and Henry Cavill, just in case you did that, that whole edit 
Um, that was great. That, that was great. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Especially that that was speaking of seamless. Nice. You did a good job, and I love how you showed how you you know yeah did that too. You know, I mean, it's uh, you know people like that shit. That's the thing. We we're me and Tony were talking about like you know just just how we like to see how that stuff's crafted. I mean, especially you know nerds like us. It's like that's a cool shot. How'd you pull it off? And what planning? And how long did it take? And all that stuff. And people don't realize it's not just like you know it's not just like that sometimes. You know. But um, so it's like, all right, so what is it going to take for Cavill to come in? And we've talked about how, you know, the nego. I mean, if we listen to the scoopers, obviously he's been in negotiations for like two years and he's had a contract and not a con. I don't know. It's all dumb. I, I hate that shit. Obviously, we can gripe about that. But at the same time, it's like, all right. So if he can get the conversation started, cool. Maybe something can be talked about there there's no guarantees and pretty much it's a long shot like don't get your that's why i said in my little short video that i posted like hey i'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up but hey head over to twitter quote tweet it use hashtag henry cavill superman which a lot of people did out. and i mean and i just wanted to get everybody's kind of like thoughts like scott i know you have to leave soon so like what are your thoughts about about dwayne johnson kind of doing this today I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what he did. I've been. I've been. I've been <laughs> oh, that's right. Because you haven't been watching the Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went. Tw I went timeline dark because I can't trust people to yeah. not be jackasses about Stranger Things. Smart, smart, smart. So can you can you give me can you okay okay thirty seconds so, elevator pitch go. So essentially, okay, maybe I'll, I'll just bring up the tweet. And Basically, he confirmed that Henry Cavill is coming back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See. <laughs> You son of a bee. All right, let me bring up the, I'll bring up the tweet right here, or at least. Oh, man, he tweeted a lot today. I didn't realize that. Okay. Wow, he tweeted out the toys, which are cool. I know, Scott, you saw the toys. But I this think, is yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the Sabic. We hadn't seen the Sabic design yeah. yet. And yeah. those McFarlane's are, like, legit for these Black Adam figures. Yeah. So here's the tweet right here. Says from back in the day, I uh, when I was a when I was wrestling in flea markets for forty bucks a match, all the way to now, I've learned to always listen to the audience because they will always lead you to where you need to go. I hear you and always will. And that's quote tweeting somebody going heroes. Can't wait for this movie. And then they posted this right here. Yeah, well, so but the beauty of that, the beauty of that tweet, though, mm. it, to to Tony's point is he doesn't actually say anything like exactly. that that says nothing it says i hear you great you hear us what the hell are you going to do about it like, and, like then here's, yeah. and then the second one is like stay calm <laughs> it's like yeah so but it, yeah, but what ahead. does is that it it it's good spin yes it, it, it's good spin it's like listen i'm i am of the people I hear you. I hear what you want. Which, if you're if you're someone who is superficial enough to take it at face value, you can then spin that into thinking that means whatever you want it to mean. All it means is he's saying, "Yeah, guys, I know you want Henry Cavill in the movie." Like, like, like you know, you, you know, I, 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 I hear that. Well, don't you think he does? They work for the same agent. You know, it's like it, 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 it doesn't mean anything. It's it sounds nice. It's platitudes. But, you know, 
do I hope that he's in it? Do I hope we actually get to see Henry Cavill? Yeah. But I'll also say that Warner Brothers screwed the pooch on that when they could have gotten for a whole lot cheaper before his stock rose. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing about, I mean, we've talked about Cavill. His, like, like I said, his stock has gone up. I don't know the whole logistics when it comes to why it just never worked out. All I know is, like, you know, he aimed high, they aimed low, and it just, shit didn't work out, you know. Um, but I'm just kind of like, what? W- the only thing that I'm liking about this, and that's why I was like, all right. So if, if Warner Brothers Discovery needs it to be justified of, like, okay, we need Henry Cavill. We want Henry Cavill. And, you know, Zaslav's a numbers guy. He's a numbers guy. We've talked about this. If he sees the numbers... And with, with his decision of what's, what he wants to do with this, he's got to see the numbers. That's why I was like, all right, everybody just quote tweet this tweet and just put Henry Cavill Superman, try to like blow up this thing, get it trending, whatever the hell. That'll help. And I posted a video. I did a YouTube short, and then I posted it on whatever the hell. And I was like, hey, head over there, do that, see what we could do. You know, is it going to work? It's a long shot. It might not, might not do anything. Henry Cavill's currently shooting The Witcher season three right now. That's probably going to wrap up soon. I don't know if they're actually could just like do something where they could sneak him in at the very end. I don't know. I don't know. It's very much a long shot. KC, what say you? I agree with uh, Scott. I think it doesn't, you know, answer the question, nor does it confirm anything. I just think that he, um, he wants the. Yeah, he's he's building the hype using the DC fandom online, and you know he's he's obviously seeing the tweets because he randomly quote tweets, you know, some mentioned uh, tweets. So he's obviously seeing every tweet. Uh, he knows that it's filled with Superman, Superman since like years, years now because we first saw them, you know, in a photo uh, on a table meeting, and you know, they were, yeah, yeah, they were talking about stuff. And then, and that that time, Henry Cavill was also, you know, teasing Green Lantern and stuff like that. So he knows that, you know, what characters are popular and what people want. And with Zaslav, I kind of have hope now because he has been, since even becoming, you know, the um, since even taking office, he has been, you know, championing for Superman uh, specifically in every article and stuff like that. So I just hope that he, you know gets henry cavill um i if if they want to get a recast for superman i would rather you know take a full reboot i don't want you know the main guy to be different and others be the same uh if you want to just you know recast some people because that might happen with ezra as well so just you know reboot and (laughs) reboot the whole thing why why just you know keep these broken things or if you want to continue just i would I would say I know this is easier to say than do, but just pay the man for one movie. You know, you gotta have that one compromise to build. And even from Henry's side, like I, I think he should also, you know, compromise for a bit and work something out temporarily so that they can look for the future, you know, together, right? Not just for one movie or two movies. So I just really hope that that's something, you know happens there with negotiations and stuff like that um what i actually think about superman in the dcu though is that he should get a solo movie next um i think cavill wants it i think a lot of people want it he's got the perfect pitch by the way (laughs) yeah like it's 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 not even just my pitch it's it's what henry wants like he wants to 
do it exactly after Man of Steel. And that would be very cool because a lot of people are complaining about Batman, you know, Flash, whatever. So that second movie will have to be set between Man of Steel and Batman with Superman. So you have none of the Justice League. You have none of the dark side stuff. You just have Superman, you know, family, Lois, all that shit. You can even have, you know, General Swanwick in there because he was in Man of Steel. So you can have more of a Martian Manhunter, you know, filling those gaps, which Snyder just sleeked in now. So you can have all that as well. So I would say just go make that movie because that movie, I think, is very essential to even Zaslav's promise to the DCU because he has been talking a lot um, and there's no other project that he could announce that would be bigger than a solo Superman project right now. Uh, he could come out and say, you know, we're doing Flash 2, we're doing One Omen 3, we're doing Green Lantern, whatever he's going to say, you know, well, barring Zack Snyder's Justice League 2 maybe. But uh, apart from that, there's literally nothing else that he can announce that would make a bigger impact, especially if he does that at Comic-Con, which is coming soon. Like they literally have nothing and Marvel is going to have a huge panel. So this is the perfect time for him to, you know, announce that Superman movie, even if it's like three years away, <laughs> just announce it so that people <laughs> at least know that you are, um, you are, you know, taking the fans seriously because a lot of people since 2016 now have been asking about a Superman project, a solo Superman project, and they want that. I was on the boat that I don't want to see that because, you know, it kind of is out of Zach's plan, but now I'm like, you know, just have it. It's fine because there's no longer that continuity <laughs> straight continuity that, going that, that, in that the plan is out the window anyway yeah. so, exactly. so yeah. it doesn't matter now so just just go make a movie um there's recent rumors also that you know he Zadlov was planning a soft reboot with this superman henry cavill superman whether that's true or not i think that would also be kind of cool uh you know maybe have another director another pitch uh, and in the new timeline, there's no Superman, so they actually can bring in an alternate timeline, Clark Kent, whatever, to this DCU to become the you know the main Superman. And in that one, Henry Cavill can portray him as he wants, and then the audience can react to that. It's like I mean, look at the Fox X Men. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, a reason exactly. why there's. A- there's a line in Deadpool where he goes like, you know, McAvoy or Stewart. These timelines are confusing. <laughs> Here's the, you know? I love that line so much. I, yeah. <laughs> it's such a great line because it's so subtle because he's being dragged. He's being dragged and he's just like, you know, and he's being dragged by Colossus and he just mentions that. He's like, I'm going to take you back. And he just says it. It's just like, yeah. But at the same time, we all accepted it. We all just kind of went, all right, it's fine. Like, let's just yeah. watch these movies and whatever. And if they do... You know, this whole aging out thing, it's like, uh, shut up. If you look at the man, he looks better than he did fucking 10 years ago in Man of Steel. He looks better. Like, he's like, he's the guy is aging pretty nicely if you've seen him. He looks like an he's still, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, he could still, and uh, he could still embody the character he could do it for another 10 years that's the thing they always look at the longevity and that's the thing is like they they don't want just one to like oh no we can't just do one movie how how many movies can we get in like the next 10 years that's what they're always thinking i'm sure zaslav is thinking that too and it's like oh you have still and he's probably still 
willing to do that. I mean, uh, you know, you know, if he ends up getting James Bond, maybe that'll put a rift in it a little bit. But at the same time, he probably would want to do both. You know, imagine he'd be like, man, geez, I'm, you know, Henry Cavill would just be living large. Superman, Bond and the, you know, in I think that's I think that's another thing that's, you know, stopping Zaslav because if his, you know, if his payday is a lot right now, then imagine what he will be getting like five years from now. So he has to keep that in mind as well. But yeah, again, their biggest mistake is delaying the contract. Like they could have signed another contract 2017 and then 2018 yeah. and 2019. And, and then they would actually have. have him in these movies as opposed exactly. to like a fucking silhouette. Like you said, he, he could be the next James Bond and then his salary will even go higher than this. Exactly. Yeah. What right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Jeez. All right, all guys. Good. Yeah, I was about to that. yeah. Thank you, Scott, for joining. Uh, have fun on your trip. Enjoy good luck the on the drive. Go ahead and, uh, of course, promote yourself. Well, of course, you can find me on Twitter at scottdc27. You can find my podcast at DC Squadcast. Where podcast can be found, you will be looking forward over the weekend or early next week to our next episode of the Batman Scene by Scene, where we discuss Batman breaking into the Iceberg Lounge. And, of course, we're on Vero Facebook, YouTube, with the entire network shows at squadcastmedia.com. Of course, I will be on vacation. So, remember, no Batman the Phantom in the stream this Sunday. That will be next week as we will be discussing the episode Zatanna. Ooh, that's right. Ooh. Zatanna. Sexy little dis- Zatanna. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bye, Scott. Care, Have fun. Man. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Yeah, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's all pretty crazy, but I just – it's just the fact that when when he tweeted that, it was like, oh, shit. I mean, I, talk about a weird day, you know? Woke up at 4.30 in the morning to try to get, like, the Stranger thing, Things and just try to get that, like, all watched before I even look at my timeline. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And then all of a sudden this happens. And then I'm like, all right, so what does this mean? And a lot of people, of course, are like, what the? I mean, a lot of people, of course are assuming that he's just automatically talking about Henry Cavill. And I was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. But I get it. It's fandom. That's what they do. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's never guaranteed. And, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, well, just let it be known which Superman you want. I mean, I think when it comes to the Dwayne Johnson, maybe in his eyes, yeah, Henry Cavill, of course, that's going to be in his head because that's who's, been the current superman besides you know tyler hoakland on fucking you know cw but at the same time he's just like all right yeah people want superman so maybe we got to give him that because curiosity what dave what do you reckon what do you reckon uh Dwayne's payday for black adam would be i'm sure like, it's pretty it, happy is it like would you say would it would it be like a momoa aquaman kind of figure oh yeah i think probably more I wouldn't be All surprised right, so if more. The way I look at it is basically like this is the role that he's been after for what 10, 15 years. He's like yeah. chewing on this script and he's figuring out slowly, hey, maybe the hype's not really there. I reckon he's getting on the phone to Danny going, uh, look, I'm gonna sacrifice whatever payday I got. You gotta get Henry in this film because if that's the buzz that it's gonna create more hype for this, like we need to create the hype. Everything is so interwoven with like storyline. He calls himself the people's champ. He says he's listening. I reckon he's like, all right, let's do what we need to do to get the hype up there. Yeah. The only drawback of that, though, is, is, yeah, you could do that. 
And then it's like, all right, Cavill just shows up, does a little scene and whatever. But Cavill's not going to just show up and do a little scene. He's going to be like, let me see a contract of this. Give me my own film. Yeah, yeah. And that's and I totally think that that's the right thing to do. It's like, I'm not going to just show up, get a little bit of a payday, put on the suit again for one little cameo. I'm going to I want the role still. I want another movie yeah. and everything like that. And I even had some people I had a, somebody push back on me today when it came to um, what's the the beef between Warner Brothers and and Cavill. I said it's always down to money. That's what it is. I mean, no matter what you do, it's a fucking business. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then somebody was like, well, would, wouldn't you, somebody asked, like, what if it's like, because uh, he's like dedicated to Zach? I'm like, this first off, it has nothing to do with Zach. I'm sure he's grateful for Zach for casting yeah. him and grateful for Zack Snyder Justice League because his face looks fine in there. Uh, you know, like his face is intact, but it has nothing to do with that. I mean, if Zach, if some kind of miraculous thing were like, oh my God, Zach's coming back, which all we we all want, but Zach's building universes somewhere else. If it were like tomorrow, it was announced that the the full on the Snyderverse was restored and Cavill would be coming back for that for sure. 100% think he definitely would, but that is just not there now. And he still wants to play the role. And he's said in many interviews of ideas that he would have for a next solo Superman movie. And I think very much that he would want to be like, you know, let's get a director that it like it has a vision and is in probably in line with maybe what I want to have, you know, that that he's said in many interviews, you know, there's it's not it, there's just so much more to it. That's why I say it's a fucking long shot. I don't I don't imagine Henry's like down for being in the multiverse of cameos, right? Like you're right. He wants I think he would if he had his own Superman movie, guaranteed his own Superman movie. Yeah, they, they both kind of come yeah. together. It's yeah. a package yeah. deal. And that, that, that and he's more than entitled to do that, I think. Um, like, you've seen what just getting his head into a Justice League movie and hitting those bells and just, you know, hitting those little spots that you think people might want to see. Look, it's the happy Superman. Look, a hopeful line, a throwaway hopeful line. It's like, I'm coming back. I need a proper story to tell. There's this little window that we, we have, which that's not, it doesn't impact the North Star of what Darkseid or whatever that might be coming. It doesn't impact the greater world. If I get my own little story to tell, I'm not coming back just to be a cameo. And yeah. I, it, it's both in line. Paying what he's worth. I think it, it's kind of funny how like Rocks put the feelers out today. He did. Uh, the, the digital release coming out. And it's like putting well, the yeah, feelers out. The feelers of, hey, is there still interest here? Is this still an avenue we can go down? So, this, this, See, this and, yeah, yeah. bringing up bringing up the digital release too. I mean, that was that came out of nowhere. Did anybody yeah, expect that? No, no. I mean, that just like dropped, and we're like, oh shit, okay. The we did ask, for it, but not now. Like, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's this is like a year and some change later. Like, what the fuck? And yeah. you know, I'm assuming that it's just. Uh, partly because it's like, all right, we don't have, uh, this is why even like I did a short video when uh, uh, Sholo uh, Mariduana like posted on his Instagram stories about young justice. And I was like, well, you know, that could be something young justice is a popular animated series. It's a good animated series. And why not? Because they can't seem to fucking figure out right now what's going on with the actual no. justice. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it, I feel like, look, that, that, that's cool. But yeah. like you look at Cobra Kai, I think the strongest thing is like those two story, like both those stories being told at the same time of like the nostalgic older crowd, which is like DC, DCU as we knew it. And then like the new younger kid crowd of all their like love triangle story going on. I like it, man. Like, Dude, I mean, exist. he was obviously somebody probably sent him that and he was like, cool. Yeah. And it means nothing. But at the same time, I was like, it could mean something because when you're trying to figure out what you're doing with the uh, actual justice league and you got Batgirl, you got Supergirl, and you got, you know, blue beetle and you can add maybe to it. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of going, yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm like, I'm kind of going, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm not saying it's going to make a billion dollars, but it could actually be like people could start going, oh, my God, they're going to make a Young Justice movie. There can be something for everyone. There can yeah. be that little doorstep for everybody to be included and get what they want out of this. Yeah, um, especially with people like like saying like, oh, my God, look at that blue. Be I mean, that was like the first time I've seen everybody just kind of come yeah. together and go that blue beetle costume. That's good. Look at that okay. shit. And it's a set video. I'm like, holy shit, that's never yes. ever happens. Hardly yeah. ever happens. Everybody usually shits on, you know, they shit on the the, the Supergirl costume, they shit on the Batgirl costume, not the Blue Beetle costume. Everybody kind of went, all right, they pulled it off. How did that happen? Like, okay. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, you Even know, the concept looked amazing. Yeah, from, um, from yeah. the concept of Blue Beetle, right? Yeah, they just they um, feel like uh, they, they waited so long because they needed that that South American or that Latino, la, yeah. like just a Latino kid that's in that age demographic that's made it into that mainstream or just about to is the perfect casting for it. Oh yeah, totally. After Cobra Kai and they got him, I was like, oh yeah, perfect. You guys are they're doing Blue Beetle right. First off, yeah. they have like nailed that, and I think Blue Beetle is going to be something that's going to surprise a lot of people, even the general audience. And uh, they're definitely doing that right, and that's why I was like, yeah, maybe they should do something like that. They've but got yeah, all the properties, right? Like you can, yeah. like, they can subvert the expectations and tell whatever story they want without the pressure, because you've got the big IPs that everybody has an opinion on, and then like this young crowd can be relevant, can be today. You can bring in the Tom Taylors and all those kinds of storylines, interweave them all, and get something for everybody. I just want to see something that I like, obviously. But yeah. I'm sure that the more the better, and that's what's going to make the money. Then at the end of the day, yeah, it's all yeah, it's all just crazy. But I just yeah, just the fact that Dwayne Johnson was doing that today, I went, man, he has been paying attention. Um, and he, you know, and the fact that Black Adam is not coming out during the summer blockbuster season got pushed to October, which was like very strange. But then again, it was like, all right, they need to. You know, they did a, like, I don't know how the extents of the reshoots were. I know it was at least two weeks, maybe even three, it seemed like. Um, and Dwayne just knows, like, okay, I need some help with this. And he, I think just today was just one of those things. And from what I gathered, too, possibly that, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is totally just going like, we're trying to save money, cut, 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 cut. And maybe he even asked, he's like, hey, we can't just have some fucking silhouette of a Superman in here. That's going to be dog shit. Imagine mm -hmm. having an actual, an actual Superman. I'm not saying it has to be Cavill, but if we need somebody that's actually going to have a face here. And maybe he was pushing that 
because he was seeing where the wind was blowing on social media and and they were like no we, we you we've already spent too much money on this movie and he's like well okay let's let me just let me just test the waters here and he decided to do that i i wouldn't be surprised if warner brothers discovery were kind of pissed about it <laughs> they're like Fucking hey dude what are you doing what are you doing this movie's coming out in october and you're like pushing a superman thing what the hell they might have been not too happy about right. that give it three months from now yeah i mean 90 days your movie comes out look i'd set up like, something like what kc made like just a little face off like yeah but, that, that, but that just film. to do that, you need contracts. So that's the only catch. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Because I think it's easier to just get Cavill for a day or whatever and, you know, get get that scene in, in there, at least in, in a post-credit scene or whatever. I That's easier. But the thing is the contract. And even if it was just a one-movie contract, I think it would have been easy. But I'm assuming that, you know, Cavill is asking for the movie, for final say, all that shit. So I think it's hard. But also, there's another side to this, okay? So Cavill's negotiation relationships was, before this, was with Toby Emmerich, right? So there's, you know, um, well, off the table a rough relationship there. But now he's not in charge. Now Zaslav is in charge. And Zaslav wants Superman, right? So he wants DC to, he knows that DC is the biggest IP for WB. So he knows that, you know, Superman, even he, even if he's not the biggest DC fan, like everyone knows Superman, right? So he would want Superman, you know, active in the DCU. So if he, you know, hears about the DCU, you know, having Superman absent all these years, uh, he would definitely question that. And he would, you know, try to get um, a Superman, you know, back into the DCU front and center. So I just think, you know, from his perspective to like, Imagine you are taking over this company and you're talking all these, you know, DC is the uh, biggest IP we have. We have to make use of that, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman and all that shit. And then your first impression is a shadow. Just imagine how much, <laughs> you know, you, it, it will definitely impact that. So whatever he says in the future, nobody will take him seriously. So. Yeah. I do feel that if he wants to make that big impact, big promise, if he wants that audience and even investors and shareholders and all that on his side, he definitely has to make big moves. And I don't think there's a bigger move than Superman. There, there really isn't. And you know, what's interesting too is like, um, what was I just thinking? Like, um, you know, it's funny because with, with all this kind of lining up with the whole, this week has just been kind of crazy when it comes to, you know, you got Zach all of a sudden posting and even Warner Brothers actually supporting Zack Snyder's Justice League. What the fuck? That's crazy. That's they actually crazy. tweeted out for the digital release. You better, uh, again, going back to that, you better believe that they're they're going to look at those numbers and who is the Superman in there? That's that's Henry Cavill, you know, and then seeing the fact that people are tweeting out Henry Cavill, Superman. And then you have Dwayne Johnson all of a sudden just like seeing that stuff. And uh, and then you had and then you had Zack Snyder post on on Father's Day that and he was five miles away from. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I had to make that joke. I know it was just like that. You know, uh, you have to make the jokes because I know people look into a lot of things, and I'm I like, steel is sharpening. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to make that joke, but but at the same time, you gotta love that that Zach even still supports his Superman. 
you know, Henry Cavill's birthday, he's posting about his Superman and or or like any kind of, you know, he he definitely um, <laughs> he uh, he definitely is always in support of Cavill. And I remember when at one point Cavill was looked at as like a, almost like a villain. Remember when it was like, oh, he didn't tweet out on November 17th, uh, release the Snyder Cut. You know, Ben did, Gal did, Jason, Ray, they all did, but you, no Cavill. You said before, rock in a hard place. Like, no, exactly. He was totally, because, yeah, because it was like, oh, what do I do? Because I want to continue playing Superman. But they want me to, you know, if if that's going to be the case, I don't know if they want this. And so he was in there. And then when it finally was like, you know, nothing was happening, he was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go on Zack's stream, you know, and be there for the announcement of Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know, it, 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 it's crazy how the timeline of all this stuff and, and the fact that we haven't technically Henry Cavill hasn't shot a scene as Superman in what six seven oh, years? A decade, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like holy shit! It's just amazing to think about that, you know. He didn't even come back for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, yeah, his he didn't do any. Yeah, in that movie, but he still didn't do it. He didn't do it because, and God knows, like you know, I mean, obviously he was shooting The Witcher, and there's all kinds of stuff. I'm sure, you know. When it came to all that, I mean, Ben was right there, front and center. He's totally like when it comes to. Any of the Justice League that is most dedicated to Zach, it's Ben. And I knew that was going to be the case when I was like, if there's anything that needs to be done, Ben will be there. And sure enough, Ben showed up full on and shot. And he was in all that. Like, additional- the way that that was executed, though, is probably like a little bit of hope that you could give to anybody that's hoping to see Cavill. The way that they, yeah. like, the way Zach shot Leto and um, Affleck in like a talking scene where there's still a little bit of foreground of the other character, but they're shot separately to make yeah. it seem like they're still right next to each other. Um, like, yeah, you could do something technically to make it look cool with Cavill. Like you said, it's the contracts at, at hand. If something agrees upon, yes, they could easily, you have the technology to do that now. I mean, like it, it's, I mean, well, you could even done that even back then you can, there's, there's always editing techniques and all that stuff. But obviously when it comes to, uh, yeah, scene like that, you know, when it, when, when it came to Affleck and Leto, I mean, they didn't shoot at the same time. It was like, and it was, uh, they both shot. Yeah. 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 But it still fucking works so goddamn well. You know what I liked? I think there was like the BTS shot of like the green, sorry, I'm ranting, rambling again. No, no, go for it. There's like a green screen and there's like, I think just like a bare head light coming through creating that flare that he's getting in yeah. camera and then when you yeah. look at it with a nightmare scene you see like the flare coming through inside yes. of the, um, the inside of like the world like at that time and it kind of just the way he moves the camera around and the kind of it gets obscured by like the flare and then it comes back kind of thing to know that that was practical coming back to the way like you edit it later had that in mind again again zach never shoots where the sun is directly above everybody the sun was like literally in the distance, like behind, like with the, the shitty buildings that were all fucked up from, you know, from dark side and stuff like that. But you have that, you have that light just kind of looming in there and he fits it perfectly, you know, between the two edits too. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, does that, uh, at first I was it like, ground they, them. yes, it gra- like it tells you where it's, it's happening. Like, for example, I, I had a rant in our Aussie chat 
like months ago about when Loki came out. I'm always bitching about something, like um, as you see online. Um, but like, there's a scene of Loki in a desert. Sun's coming down behind him. He's front lit. There's no other source. It's like vast, big. And this comes down to like perfectly lighting a subject and fixing it up in post and not knowing the source of where things are happening. But when you have that flare that's telling you that's coming in from three o'clock, basically. And that's the thing that's separating both subjects when you're cutting behind. That's hitting this angle of Ben's face on this angle. It's hitting that angle on Leto's face from that angle. So when you're cutting it, it grounds them and makes it seem like it was shot with them together. You know, not just like all standing apart on a green screen, like when they're in the in the helicopter. Remember the 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 Justice League shot of them. Yeah, all in the yeah, area. that was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can tell it's those little tells that make you that ground it. Well, yeah, even like when the injustice when uh, Diana and Bruce they weren't their eye their eye line wasn't even like the right. scarf. I reckon yeah, yeah there was some floating <laughs> head stuff going on with the scarf. Oh man, uh, yeah. Who knows what? Yeah, I mean, I, I commend what they try to do with justice. When you watch that, you're like, wow, they went for it. They really worked. Crisis try to yeah to try to do to try to make a different movie and i'll commend that but man when you like look at it in detail you're like jesus christ yeah there's so many just so yeah. many bad things here such an important pivotal time in like dc's history right yeah. now where they're going to live and die by the next couple of decisions that they make that either separates or brings people back or maybe kind of is indifferent marvel it feels like this last phase it's all been great like shows have been like engaging and stuff that they almost don't have that North star of what it's leading to. And it doesn't feel it almost, they don't. almost feel skippable. Right. Whereas yeah. DC have like what they just did. And then the flash happening with everything that's happening as well. Um, and then like with black Adam coming out and like, it, it's all make or break at the moment and how DC spins it. It literally is make or break. I think in the next year or so for this I phase. I agree, and I'm so excited to see that because there's another variable coming in here, the new DC head. So even they yeah. will have full autonomy, right? So definitely they will have the final decision. It won't be, yeah. you know, Zaslav's anymore because if he wants to create that vertical and make a head there, he won't control it like Toby Emmerich did. So he, he will, yeah, he will give the full decision power to him. The that's the bad in. part, though, about like this whole thing that's happening this week. When you have Zack Snyder's Just League Digital, which, of course, like I said, numbers are going to be analyzed like big time. That's why I'm even if you own it and it's on HBO Max, fucking pay for it just to show, just to show that at least when it comes to Superman, Henry Cavill. I mean, when it comes to all the other players, I mean, obviously Godot and um, and Momoa are still there. Ezra, questionable. Um, Fisher, who knows? I mean, we would love to have him back, but that whole thing, who knows? Mm -hmm. But and then Affleck seems like eh, it's probably. I mean, he'll come back maybe for something minor, but it's not going to be anything you know major. Whereas, like you know, when when I when I see them make the back Batfleck movie, I'm like, but I don't think he wants to. He yeah. wants to make this you know biopic about nike shoes um but <laughs> yeah about jordans um which i'm i'm sure it's going to be great he's directing it it's got matt damon i'm i'm looking forward to it i mean that's that's i mean ben affleck's a fucking filmmaker and he wants to make certain films he's got a laundry list of filmography you know and, that, and now it's just getting to the point where it's like his batman movie if we could turn that into something else cart you know animated 
uh, graphic novel, I'm fine. Of course, you know. It's not an Iron Man situation. You don't so, show yeah. up and get like you're in the suit, basically. It's like it's, exactly. it's very hard to shoot practically. Exactly. Regardless, I love chaos. I don't give a fuck what way this whole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, no, I'm, I'm grateful yeah. for it. But I agree. Whatever. I agree. But I mean, it's just, man, I mean, it, what. What sucks about all this, and I'm sure even Zaslav even probably has said this, maybe in a like, who knows? I would like to think that in a in a in a meeting that he had in a boardroom, like, like, do you guys realize that um, Zack Snyder, what he was doing, he would already be done by now. He would already, already be done, already and we could, like yeah. I mean, I I know Stephen wrote, uh, I think he wrote an article or even brought it up on here that, yeah. By this time, we would have already had his story concluded, and he would have moved on by by now. You know, that's like fucking love that it had an ending point. Like knowing shit has yeah. an ending point, and letting it serve its its full exactly. like uninterrupted vision. Do it, and then go do something else. And like, yeah, he had he had a plan. He had that plan to like conclude this whole story which was essentially a superman story arc that included the entire justice league it was like uh it was like a run of graphic novels that told a certain story that included mm. everything and he just that he had that it was something different than what marvel was doing that was trying to just continue the same fucking branch with the or this you know with all these little leaves of uh different stories that are trying to intertwine with each other. He was like, no, we're going to do it like this. And, you know, I'm going to set the foundation, whatever anybody wants to do. That's fine. Does it have to be fully accurate to what I'm doing? No. That's why I always hate it when people consider Aquaman like, oh, yeah, fuck, no, that's no, 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 no. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, it, Zack Snyder respects James Wan. James Wan did what he wanted to do. Yeah. Zack Snyder, Snyder, he set the base. He had the Aquaman. James Wan did what he wanted to do. And he fucking nailed it when it came to creating Atlantis and shit like that. Totally nailed it. Curious to see what he does with the sequel. But yeah, it's just, but at by this time, we would already had the conclusion of this story. And Zack would have moved on and probably maybe... Army of the Dead would be coming out next year as opposed to Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon would be coming yeah. out two years the from now. Like, everything. Yeah. You know what? Talk about like being like rock in a hard place as well. The other situation Henry's dealing with is like, you know, his character arc is going to take you through the ring up one more time before it reels you back into like what you actually, what the fans are hoping to see. It's going to take you to the dark place. Remember how Zach was saying, your hope is that the director can take you all the way to the edge. And have yeah. like faith in him that he'll bring you back, kind of thing. And it's like, I don't know if Henry would be willing to jump into a jail too or whatever and That's, be the evil yeah. guy one more time before he brings you back. Like, you know, it's asking a lot from the fans to stay really patient is. in an impact. That also, that also is another reason why I think he wants to do that one movie in, uh, between that shows you that hopeful Superman. And I would, I would understand that perspective as well. Like, I, you know. I'm a big fan of the Snyderverse, of course, but I also analyze it from the perspective of people who hated, you know, the run yeah. and hate some things. So I understand that they didn't get the, you know, calm moments from Henry Cavill Superman. Like there were certain, you know, moments in Zack Snyder's Justice League and people did appreciate that. That's why the rating is very high for that. Um, but also 
since man of steel like even in that movie from birth that dude is just getting kicked (laughs) and he's always busy Uh, you know he doesn't have any time to just sit have coffee with lois or anything like that right so i think people just need to see that basically yeah it feels like he did he got thrown in the deep end and like that's probably mandates that's probably like ips wanting to franchise things world build straight away like yeah there's a whole section in there where where um clark can just be clark and learn the ropes and do all that stuff and it exists within that one and a half year period but it can't be it can't be earth shattering enough where you run into the problem in like with the brendan routh superman where it's like superman never threw a punch like there was no repercussions yeah. with this film either so yeah. there's so many things to it's or one either, 84. <laughs> yeah no yeah, there's like no repercussions. it's the it's the it's the classic prequel dilemma of like no stakes like with obi-wan kenobi i think you boys were talking about it last week where it's like yeah no stakes yeah yeah because like, we know we know who survives yeah yeah no right i mean it, it really is i mean that's 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 the thing there's a there's a lot of that and and now henry cavill's literally between the rock and a hard place i know right i should have had some kind of rock drop right there for that one um now i've been <laughs> i don't know why it just like hit me right now no but like yeah, well, like, I, what are you guys saying? It's like, yeah, okay, so when it comes to if Cavill were to come back, it's like, well, I mean, first off, you reboot this whole thing. It's like, do we really need another origin story for Superman? You know, we don't. We really don't. I think we've all, we all know that it's like, all right, we've seen this story. We know this story. We know where 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 Superman comes from. We know about Krypton. And and when it comes to what 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 Snyder did with Man of Steel, I mean, he showed us. You watch the first twenty minutes. It's a fucking full on Krypton scene. It's beautiful. It's crazy. It's it's just insane. And I remember, I still remember, like sitting in the theater, like okay. And then you see the the ship going off, and you you know it's flying around, it's flying around Saturn or whatever the fuck, and it's about to crash. And I'm like, okay, so now we're gonna get the normal stuff. And it went smash nope. cut on a boat. He's already grown up, and I'm like, That's, I was like, no, fuck no, yes. Yeah. So I was like, thank you. That's still one of my favorite narrative structures, dude. I love that so much. Yes. And then it's like you're like, wait a minute, what? We're not gonna see like baby Clark and him learning his powers and running through. We're not gonna see that again. He's already he's he's on a boat and he's got a beard and he doesn't know what the oh my god. Yes, you know what, you know what? they could actually show some of those kid Clark flashbacks in Man of Steel 2 as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you could. There's nothing wrong with like, I mean, that's what they kind of did with Superman Returns, you know, because you know. Superman Returns was kind of building, it was building off of the Donner Superman and they were really trying to go for that. So, but then they were, you know, Brian Singer, <laughs> uh, you know, that guy, uh, <laughs> he did do that whole thing where it's like, yeah, you had flashbacks where you see Clark running through the cornfield and he's leaping and he's doing that stuff. And then he crashes through the barn uh, roof and then he like braces himself and then he realizes he's floating. You could see it. Yeah, they could do something like that, but at the same time, yeah. what I what I loved about what I love about 
um, Snyder Superman is like the fact that he did not know how to fly just yet. He didn't know how to levitate just yet. You would have to even, I mean, but, but even Man of Steel kind of covered that too by flashing back to when he was in class and trying to, you know, hearing all the voices. The and then, you know, yeah. So I don't know if they have to like go like full, full onto that, but they could still go back yeah. and do some of those kind of flashbacks. Yeah. But I thought Snyder really had, I mean, we have to remember that Warner Brothers back then, a decade ago, over a decade ago, was like, they went to Christopher Nolan and said, hey, we loved what you did with Batman. Can you do that with Superman? And Christopher Nolan said, no, but I know a guy that could possibly do that. And it was Zach. And Zach did that essentially because it's like you can't, these these characters as much, I mean, it, when it comes to Batman, yeah, you can ground them as best as possible. And that's what Nolan did. And he did a great job, sure. But when it comes to Superman, you know, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. I mean, and that's the thing. And then, you know, I've even heard things, too, from just talking with people. It's like, well, you know, what if they try to in, in, uh, introduce Superman into Matt Reeves' universe? I'm like, no, that's not going to that's just not going to work. It that's can't going to fight. Yeah. Ah, zing. But I'm got another one. That's not going to fly. I love it. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, you're right, though. It's not because, I mean, Matt Reeves has expressed. Yeah, they talked about it, but it's like, you know, there's so much in this bat universe. And yeah. And I and I still love the whole the uh, what, what Kevin Smith said. It was like, yeah, no one brought Batman into the real world. Reeves is trying yeah, to bring the real world into Batman. And uh, I think that's great. And because, you know, when you watch the Batman, it's like, yeah, it's still there's still things in here. That's yeah, that's pretty extravagant. And like and I could see now after watching the Batman and being realizing that, oh, this is not quite the grounding like Nolan was doing. I could see a Mr. Freeze. I could see maybe even a clay. Yeah. I could see like these crazy rogues gallery characters be introduced in here. And Matt Reeves trying to like do something different when it comes to them. I could totally see that in here because I, this world is not exactly feels real to me, but they're trying to make Batman's world real. Sure. And I'm like, okay, so maybe if they were, I mean, I, and obviously we saw like when it came to Halloween night, we saw somebody dressed up as uh, Wonder Woman and Superman. It's like, do they exist and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, no, but Matt Reeves, is not going to go for that. He's just not, he wants to build the bat universe and that's yeah. it. So I don't think that's a solution, but I'm sure that's on the table. Who knows? Yeah. Let me, let me pose this question though for you. Okay. Uh, what if, what if WB, you know, reboots the DCU and they want bat the Batman to be the starting point and, you know, they don't want any Superman or stuff like that in this, you know, the Batman trilogy, but um, they, you know, asked Matt Reeves to end the third movie, uh, you know, by hinting at Superman or something like that, or, you know, the Superman meets him while also having a solo Superman movie in this universe, but they don't announce that it's connected. So at hmm. the end of the third movie, they, you know, they meet and that's how they build their cinematic new cinematic universe. You know, the DCU is rebooted, but um, that is also a very long game so do you think they would go for that if they reboot it i mean they could see here's the thing it's like when i when i 
even though I said that Matt Reeves wouldn't go for it, I almost go like, well, but then again, he, he would just do what he's done many, many times. What has Matt Reeves done many, many times when it comes to hold my beer? He's all, oh, yeah, you, you guys thought uh, found footage was good. Well, hold my beer. I'm going to do a fucking Godzilla-type movie, found footage. And he pulled it off. And then he went, oh, 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 Planet of the Apes? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to see how I can make that work? Hold my beer. And he made that fucking work because when you watch the original Planet of the Apes movies, they're ridiculous. They're iconic, sure. They're you know, you know, they're cinema. Are you damn dirty apes? But it's like, how did he make that work? Tim Burton tried, didn't quite work. Worked for the time. I didn't think it was that bad of a movie. People give that movie too much shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Michael Clark Duncan, and uh, I mean, there's that's a stellar cast when it comes to that 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 Tim Burton Planet of the Apes early two thousands. Um, but then he made it work. So and then now he like goes hold my beer again when it came to batman oh 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 you thought uh nolan was dark and gritty <laughs> yeah you're gonna watch my movie and then you're gonna watch his movies and go like i need fucking sunglasses <laughs> and that's exactly what happened so if there's a conversations being had where like matt reeves goes all right i think maybe i can drive this thing into like a certain direction i wouldn't put it past him like if they decide oh shit casey just oh. like ducked out he got he got scared with this question no but um no but like when it comes to i wouldn't put it past him like i right now i'm going no he just wants to build the bat his bat universe he just wants to build his bat universe you know that's all that's what he wants to do but if it comes to a point where he goes i think maybe i could build a universe with these characters and just do something different I would trust it if, if if they were to announce tomorrow that Matt Reeves was like, oh yeah, there's gonna they're gonna start building from his universe, the Justice League. I would be like, okay, I'm gonna sit back and see because he's proven time and time again that he has changed certain things. I don't things. doubt it. Yeah. I don't yeah. doubt. It. If we're talking about in terms of what we want to see, though, like personally, yeah, Batman yeah. is such a contained story. Casey's laughing like I'm going to go off the rails. It's not good. It's not right. No, no, I agree with you. I, I don't want to see that personally. Like, I, yeah, I, I want don't, the Batman to be separate. Yeah. I don't want to see it. It's such a self-contained storyline where it's like these characters got so much more character growth that he can do. Let's see that. It's like, you know, when I'm reading, like, I'll go pick up the uh, Long Halloween and Dark Victory and all that. It's like, yeah. yeah, cool. I like this run. Let me just get this version of Batman. And then if I want to go read you know the dark knight returns there's also the other one that i like that i can go pick up and it's a self-contained story it's to the detriment when you try and world build so much i've seen this with so many other franchises like um reeves when he made when he was first brought in he, he said it himself i'm probably not the best guy to do this ben affleck script but let me do it myself right let me let me do yep. what i want to do um, exactly. same way that nolan was like i'm not the right guy for this superman but I know a guy that can do it and, you know, let him do it. And then you got instances like the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes, where it's like you try and recapture all the Brennan Routh Superman, which I don't think is bad, but you try and recapture the magic in a bottle that a previous film had and try and do it again. That's why Top Gun Maverick is such a fucking an, an anomaly. It's because they recaptured the old magic, brought it to today and made a good story. It's very hard to do when you're trying to do that with, you know, bringing in a world it's it, top gun 2 is so rare in the sense that it captures some of the old nostalgic 80s vibe 
and grounds it into reality. Cobra Kai captures that nostalgia and brings it and makes it today. They're, they're very, they are unicorns in today's things. Ah, so when you're saying you are correct on that and, and bringing up Cobra Kai because when I saw that first trailer for YouTube Red, it wasn't even on anything. It was on YouTube Red. And I remember watching that first trailer going, this ain't going to fucking work. Are you serious? I remember just laughing going, really? They're going to try to do this? They're going to try to do Johnny and Daniel as, as like older dudes and blah, blah, blah. And then I watched that first season and went, holy fucking shit, they pulled this off. And How it's now going into season five. How <laughs> soon did you watch it? Like, did you jump on? Were you like? Oh, I jumped on quick because yeah, I was okay. curious because I thought it was going to be a complete shit sandwich. <laughs> and I went, oh, my God. The first episode, I was like, ha. Huh. Dude, like, look what I, I like. I love Johnny. Johnny's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was I love just, Johnny. And that is the best. Yeah. I was like, it took oh, me totally four years. It took me four yeah. years, like four seasons. Yeah. And then shout out Clue, shout out, um, shout out the rest of the chat, <laughs> Marty, everybody that were like, jump on it because you'll love it. It's like, dude, expect the cheese. I remember you talking about it. The way they yeah. intercut kind of like old footage with the new, capturing that magic and bringing it, making it relevant today. Two yeah. intertwined stories happening at the same time. That's the recipe. If you want to do it, that's the recipe. Dude, I mean, yeah, it's, people need to like literally in film school need to study like, oh, if you're going to bring the magic of something that was 30 years old into now, they have to look at Top Gun and Cobra Kai. It's, well, it's crazy. Because, the piano, the, the song, and yeah. they need to cut the old footage and then bring it back. It's like, it's, it's in the editing as well. Like it brings yes. it back to those little moments. It's, yeah, yeah we, because I was I was worried like when it came to Cobra Kai, I'm like, oh, they're gonna just like totally reference too much of the no, it like like you said, when, when it came to editing, when it came to certain moments of the story of Cobra Kai, when they needed to cut back to what happened uh in the previous, you know, the, the trilogy of, of Karate Kid, they did it perfectly. Even like and then they, they continued to do it too, which is crazy over we're on, we're going to season five right now, right? Yeah, yeah. New season. Yeah. Four seasons of just like how I'm like baffled because I remember when the, the episode, I don't even know which season, what it was, was it the last season or maybe the previous, maybe it was season three when he, when, when Daniel goes to Tokyo and then meets uh, and then sees what's her name from Karate Kid two. And then of course, uh, you know, it's just like, and they did a perfect job. And then all of a sudden they brought, God, what's his name? Chose the chosen one or something? What, what's the dudes in Karate Kid too? What's the the his I'm opponent? Names, but are you talking about the guy with the ponytail, or are you talking about the Asian? No, 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 no. That's Karate Kid three. Karate Kid oh, two okay. was the uh, uh, the dude the that he faced off. Yeah, what was his name? Chose? I, I'm totally drawing a blank Come right on, now. Chad. Come on, yeah, Chad. yeah. Somebody, <laughs> somebody in the chat will say it. But like the fact that he had a whole episode doing, you know approaching that and being like you know and kind of reckon you know a reconciliation when it came to that whole story and then all of a sudden like at the end he's coming back for season five to face off against the opponent opponent from from karate kid three terry silver which i remember him i remember that name um but it's just like it's crazy that they they've just done a great job of like all right yeah he wasn't just because i was kind of going like is that it He's only going to be that, that credit kit two is only going to be part of just that one episode. Nope. He's totally coming no. back. He's going to team up with Daniel to face off against Daniel's opponent from karate kid three. And I'm like, 
perfect. Thank you. And it was just like, you guys are doing it fucking right. Shoot all your bullets and figure out how you can expand that story later because make the best story you can. And then you like creative writing. Breaking Bad was written, I think, towards the end of it, episode to episode. Some of the best TV writing that we got. Oh, fuck Medical yeah. Score, what we're getting now, narrative wise, the way it's kind of all the all the people kind of the way things intertwine. What was the name of the old Cobra Kai? Um, the, co the old Cobra Kai teacher, Johnny's teacher. Oh, um, 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 uh, pfft, too much vodka. Um, I can't. Rega regardless, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> there was an episode in there that was like, it gives you backstory and takes you back to flashbacks of like in the war and why the, the character's the way he is. They literally just did that with like in the boys with um, flashing back to the war scenes as to why Jensen Ackles, why Soldier Boy, he's the way he is. There's like so much value you can do. That's when um, that's when a prequel means something when you're trying to talk about the psyche and the motivations of why the character is who he is. It's not so much look, this person's showing up, they're gonna battle, they're almost gonna die, but they're Creed. not. Sorry, John yeah. Creese. There we go. No, no, yes. you're right. And and the fact. What what did they do too with John Kreese? They gave him more backstory of like, why is this guy a piece of shit? Well, look at what he had to go through when he was, you know, before he got sh shipped off to Vietnam and blah, blah, blah. So they added more to it. And I mean, that's, that's the thing, like when it comes to, you know, again, Lucasfilm can even kind of take a note when it comes to a little bit of that. But at the same time, that's a whole different beast because there's so much Star Wars, so much Star Wars. To, so to try to like, you know, I mean, obviously this is when, when it came to Obi-Wan, that was different because they're trying to fit it into this timeline. And again, that's why I said, oh, yeah, the thing that, that this series suffers is there's no stakes because we know who survives. When it comes to Cobra Kai now, it's like, well, obviously they're not going to be killing people. But at the same time, it's like, we don't know what's going to fucking happen. And at the end of season four, I was like, oh, shit, Terry Silver won. I was like, oh, you know, sorry. But, you know, it's, it's been out for a while. <laughs> We're deep into, right? the, into the stream now. No but <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, if you, well, if you, I mean, if you haven't watched it by now and you watch the trailer for season Get five, you know that that's the case. That's why I'm like, I'm all, I, I give people a week. I give people a week when it comes to shows, <laughs> particularly because we're not talking about Stranger Things spoilers or The Boys tonight spoilers. Because The Boys, like again, the end. Did you watch it, Casey? The Boys. Yep. Oh my God! Right? Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I had to. I had to do a double take on that because I, I couldn't believe oh. what I saw. What What yeah. I heard from that. Wow. You know, it's funny because I, I, I saw somebody on Twitter, like, you know, thankfully I didn't get spoiled, but somebody was like, tweeted out, holy shit, what a twist at the end of this one. I'm like, okay, cool. And I was kind of going, all right, what's the twist when I was watching it? And then all of a sudden when the last like two minutes when it happened, I was like, oh shit. And next week, the season finale. Okay. Good job. Is, again, this is from I, I, I've only read volume one, so I don't know if that's also source material or, or that's okay. creative writing to the benefit of the sh of the narrative of the show. So I don't know. Like I've only seen I've only we talked about it a little bit last week. Even Scott was talking because Scott and Ben have both read the the books and Scott was like, no, nah, yeah, they, they 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 basically it's 
Yeah, it's based on the books, but they're not going by the story of the books because they're just like it's kind of inspired by the books. Same characters, same concept, but they're well, doing Black a whole. Black like, is actually a clone of Homelander in the book. Yeah, yeah. So see, it's already. Yeah, there. yeah. So there's like all kinds of stuff that's in there that 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 are they using it for this and it's yeah but they're not going by the certain certain books so then people are like who read them are going oh i know what happens next now they're not doing that but it's just very much inspired by it and they're but there's things in there which i think that's what's so great about about the show is they're not going step by step and looking at the they're just being inspired oh yeah the uh the temporary v that now uh butcher and uh you know that they're taking is like oh that was supposed to be like right off the bat Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not dancing on the line. I know, I know, I know. There's a there's a there's a thing that, that comes about when it comes to the temporary V. But right. I mean, you know, you know, this whole season's talking about the temporary V. That's why like the whole promotion was butcher with the fucking laser eyes and shit like that. Is like but yeah. um but but apparently when it came to the books, that was right off the bat. Like that temporary V thing was like right off the bat because they had a level to playing ground, and that's what Scott was saying. It was like, yeah. And even Ben was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what. But now it's being introduced in season three. It wasn't in the first two seasons. It was, you know, so yeah. they're lose. It's like inspired by, which is good. You know, just like how BBS inspired by three different comic books. Well, but like flip yeah. the script and change the IP. Like what the boys is doing, it's to the story's benefit. I think Game yeah. of Thrones, they did it to the story's benefit. But why is it, it comes to DC, Snyder tries to do his thing or Reeves tries to do his thing, whoever it is. They don't do what people want. Like what I wanted didn't happen, therefore I don't like. And that's the wrong approach. The boys is doing great because they're it's to the the benefit of what benefits the narrative. Narrative always. Marty always will say it as well. Narrative <laughs> over everything. Acting over yeah. everything. Don't worry who the cast is. People hated Ben before and then they liked him. Narrative over everything. The boys, for some reason, has the the freedom where people don't know it enough. I think Invincible is doing it as well, where it's like it can live in a world where it does what it does to the benefit of what the storyline they're trying to tell is. Let the creators do their thing, man. That's what you got to do. You got to let the creators do that. It's a good point. And and it, it's funny, too, because I know, like, Zach, I think he even said one of the times on here, he's like, yeah, you'd want to come back and do actual Dark Knight Returns yeah. adaptation. but. Would it be an exact replica? No, he would change some shit. He would add some shit, just like Jay Oliva said. You know, when he I mean, obviously he has adapted multiple stories with animation, and and he I think he even said on Justice Con, was like, yeah, you can't you can't just do a straight up adaptation of like, all right, you know, panel by panel, story beat by story beat. You got to add something to it because it's a different median. So you got to do something different. And, you know, and, you know, I'll even give credit to Marvel Studios for going. All right. Yeah. Remember, there was like a there's things that they pull from source material, too. That's all inject yeah. into. I mean, it but it sucks when Civil War, you have a book that, man, that really goes deep Ball into to the wall. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's a great fucking book where it's like we're literally they're like, hey, superheroes got to fucking unmask themselves and all this kind of stuff. And very political then, but then when, when it comes to the movie world it's like oh yeah but like 80 percent of the heroes they're already unmasked <laughs> they don't have masks 
you know, because it's, because in live action, it doesn't really work as well. You can't have Hawkeye wearing this crazy fucking purple thing on it. It just would not look good, you know? Yeah. So you have to adapt. And I thought, even though like Civil War has, it's not a bad movie. I think it's, it's, uh, it's definitely an entertaining watch. And it's got some, I got some gripes. We talked about the, you know, the airport thing. Um, and certain things. But at the same time, it's like, okay, they, they took Civil War and tried to put it into this medium, like, Okay, yeah. and they did a fairly okay job, even though I hate it. When, when Hawkeye goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Are we still friends? You're pulling, yeah, you're pulling." Yeah, I hated that, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Fine. Look, but you are damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Because exactly. people go, oh, "Snyder adapted Watchmen, didn't do anything. He ripped it from the comic books." Did you watch the ending? Did you read the book? Because like it ends different. Where's the squid? Where's, Where's the, the fucking squid? squid? Exactly. Yeah. Like try translate that. Like yeah. They think because the intro has one scene and then the next has it and it's like, oh, he's just copying it. Like to do that in itself is hard. I think yeah. he did a good job. But then I think to the ending is also to the story's benefit for what that story was. For live action. You can't you can't just do what and it's funny when when people gripe about that stuff. It's like, yeah, you gotta let 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 the filmmaker do his thing and but then again it's like it's funny because nowadays, I mean, again talking about Zack Snyder being ahead of his time. It's like people go back to Watchmen and go, holy shit, that's a, that's fucking beautiful. Look at that thing. Imagine that was released today. Like, yeah, we tried to tell you back then. Sorry. You know, but I think, you know, at the same time though, what's great about that. And I think that's why the boys work so well is because it really just, it really just uh, kicks the, uh, the modern day superhero the CBM in the nuts Bot is just I love oh, the idea dude. of how yeah. Bot operates. It's oh, so good. Oh, and, uh, it's like I feel yeah. like Bot contacted Dwayne was like, "We got to bump them stats on Black Adam." You know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? How are you gonna do it? Like, we need to get audience. They're not the most popular anymore. It's Superman. Yeah. <laughs> we need the ninety-eight percent audience rating. Rating Dwayne. How are we gonna get it? Exactly, and and it's funny too because if you watch Miss Marvel. The, the heroes are kind of like in a they're 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 marketed they're marketed there's an avengers con in the first yeah. episode like the last episode she goes to pakistan and there's like a poster about ant-man you know that has ant-man on it saying like you know something about like the bigger you are or like it doesn't matter the size you are or something like that yeah. it's like you know it's very much in the vein of like man you know, the boys really kind of nailed the whole thing of marketing superheroes right here. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, because you have this girl, this this girl who's in high school who looks up to Captain Marvel, has her poster on the wall. And it's literally it's Brie Larson. It's her just posed up. And I'm like, man, the boys really fucking nailed this. Or, because or you see it with like all the, the Pepsi yeah. ad, the um, all the other stuff, all the gimmicks that you've seen, like, exactly. Um, the imagine Even like, the starlight, you know, the announcement thing that she got yeah. fired. It was exactly like the Warner Media, you know, uh, the, you, the same you know, lines. And I, the first thing I, when I read those two paragraphs, I was like, this sounds like what Ray Fisher and Warner Media had. And of course, Ray Fisher quote tweets that. And I'm like, the Hamada special. The Hamada special. <laughs> it's totally. amazing. Oh man, see, I mean that that's that's what's so beautiful about that. And like I said, it just it kicked it really just it's just crazy. And you, and you know, and 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 we know that Snyder loves the boys. I mean, obviously he played the game when it comes to the 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 to the Burton Dawn the, of the Seven the Borg, or whatever. Yeah. 
and Snyder was totally about it. And I was like, oh man, is Snyder like involved with this? Maybe he'll show up. He's humor it. about himself. He can't take himself too seriously, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that, you know, that thing, the thing that confirmed that for me was that Stephen Colbert, you know, thing that he did. Like he knows what people, you know, make fun of him for, you know, the slow motion, the action and all that. And he had all of that in there. And I, I just loved it so much. Even the, uh, the title credit for that, you know, um, the Stephen Colbert, it, yeah. there's a thunder lightning and then there's the rain. Yeah. yeah. It just suddenly goes dark. <laughs> Dude, I last, mean, that's last season when they're like, oh, these just rewrites are really hitting the spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, the fact that you have, and it's funny too, because, um, you know, I think when Snyder came on here, he even talked about that whole, you know, going on Colbert and, 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 and doing that whole thing. He said he was nervous. He was, I was like, but we're like, dude, you fucking nailed it. Like you did. Yeah. Like it was like everything about that was perfect, you know? And then the fact that he got to say, suck at Warner brothers. And it was like, that was just like a fucking, just, it was just such a, it was just such a nice little stamp on the whole thing. And you better believe that Toby and Hamada and those guys were like this fucking guy, you know, like, like they were not happy about that, but Zach, it's just like, I mean, that's the thing when it comes to anything that's still in the fandom, when there's still any kind of infighting, I still don't understand it because I'm like, guys, we won. We, we fucking yeah. won. Okay. Yeah. We, 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 we all came together and yeah, there was infighting then too, but we still all came together. We got this movie to come out. It's a culture phenomenon. And even, even they have said it's a fucking, you know, international phenomenon or whatever the fuck they said. It's yeah. called that people now, you know, when it comes to the boys or whatever, they use that as a reference of something. And he even did something. I mean, it's it's all there. And he's off now building his his universes now and just kind of being like, there it is. Sorry, guys. And DC, yeah. in, you know, is now still just a jumbled mess and they don't know what to do. And, and, and Zach's just like, hey, you guys figure it out. I'm going to be over here creating my own Star Wars and, and dead shit, you know, over here. It's a beautiful fucking thing. And I'm like, how is that not a win? Everything's such a win. Even Ray Fisher's over here now with Rebel Moon. Yeah. It's like, it's all a win. So what are we fighting about? And what are you guys fighting for when it comes to certain things? Yes, we want the, the, the Snyderverse to be restored. Sure. But at the same time, right now, let's just pump the brakes and kind of just enjoy things. Let's get little bits, baby steps at a time. That's why this whole Henry Cavill thing we get if we can get him back hey guess what that's still snyder versy guess what that's a big celebrate chunk of this and celebrate your wins yes you know what i find funny about it dave is what like warner brothers for years now they've been trying to make the whole universe funnier and like include more comedy and like arguably that whole snyder bit that's the funniest shit that i've seen put out exactly. by dc ever like well not put yeah. out by them but like about them like they're yeah. doing humor wrong. Like that's humor. That's that. That's humor. And then, and and I love that 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 Snyder is uh, self aware. He knows his style because. And that's the thing is like when a director can go on a show like Colbert and like make fun of his style with the slow motion and the green screen stuff and everything like that. He can go on there and be like, "Yeah, I know this," but at the same time, because people know that that's his style. That's the thing. He has a signature style. And it's sad that there's Warner Brothers execs that didn't 
appreciate that. They didn't fucking appreciate what he was doing and, and what he was trying to accomplish. It's, it, it, yeah, it's just a middle, it's a middle finger. It's a middle finger to, you know, to Warner Brothers. Yeah, second Warner Brothers. See, I mean, come on. <laughs> right? I love what you got that on. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all crazy, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if there's anything really else that we were going to, well, okay. I wanted to bring this up because I did, I did say this, like one of the topics, did you guys see the avatar thing with um, Sigourney Weaver? Did you guys see that? I yeah. saw that the new character, but I don't know any of the. Yeah. So basically it was her. like, uh, okay. So, and this is what's interesting about this. Cause I'm like, all right, hold on guys. It's uh, you know, you got to trust uh, Mr. Uh, James Cameron. And this is where I wish uh, Mr. Uh, Colbert was here because um, I know, you know, we've had uh, discussions about, you know, this. But it, yeah, so basically this was a release right here that said that Sigourney Weaver's character is essentially, I guess, put into, I don't know, she's like the avatar of uh, of Jake and uh, Natri what's her name? Natri? 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 I always I forgot her name. I haven't watched the movie in a while. But uh Zoe's Zoe uh Saldana's character in Avatar. She's playing the daughter, but if you remember in the uh the last Avatar, you know, she, she died, right? She died. I haven't watched in a while. I'm like trying to remember. She died. Sigourney Weaver's character died. But now she's gonna be playing the young version of this. And I saw a lot of people kind of go, What the fuck? And I'm just kind of going, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's hold on. Let's just wait to see how this is going to no, be. Made it to... Because I was kind of like, well, that's interesting because you're bringing back Sigourney Weaver. If I remember correctly, she died in the last one. Again, it's been a while. So I have to revisit it. Alien vibes coming back as a clone. <laughs> I mean, but but at the same time, I'm like, all right. But these, when it came to Jake, Sully's character i mean obviously he was a human being at first and then one of the things at the end of avatar was the fact that they transferred his consciousness into the actual body of uh the avatar that he had so then now he's just gonna be yeah. that that uh being mm -hmm. so then i'm like all right so maybe they did something they're gonna do something similar to that where they bring and and i thought okay i was like james cameron's kooky dude Let's kind of wait, guys. Let's pump the brakes. But yeah, no, I saw it could happen. Like that, that, that kind of USB data transfer of consciousness from one into the other could have happened before through the magic of editing. That happened before, narratively, like you know, and then becomes the one avatar later. Who yeah. knows? Now I'm remembering. I think when she died, Sigourney Reaver's character died. I think they were trying to do it. They were trying to transfer consciousness into her avatar body but it didn't work and then then the whole thing was when it came to jake solely it did work so maybe there's going to be something with that where it's like oh yeah well we just had to figure out a different way and now all of a sudden she's our daughter i don't know i don't know if again shown, you don't know maybe it could yeah. be like re like you revisit that whole part of the scene and it did happen and then you know so there's ways around it editing wise always yeah so I think, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there's going to be something where they tell that story and it's just like, all right, this is how we have Sigourney Weaver back because obviously, you know, she's working. When is it out again? Uh, this December. Christmas. Yeah. Mm. 
a week bef- after Shazam. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor uh, Sandberg. Oh man, I will support that man. Sandberg. And I hope Poor Cameron. Yeah, I know, right? That's what he keeps on saying. Is all that's right. I, I see. That's what I love. Again, if you want to talk about a director who's just like, all right, <laughs> I'm self-awareness. Exactly. He does that, and he goes, "Yeah, poor Cameron's gonna have to go up against my movie." Shaking his you know? boots. <laughs> that's what I love about Sandberg is he. He probably saw. He probably got. He probably got that that news and went, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like. Well, shit. Again? I gotta sell this. I gotta, yeah, I gotta sell this somehow. The first movie they uh, they put my Christmas movie in between <laughs> Captain Marvel and Infinity War. Fuck. In summertime. Yeah, yeah, in summertime. Shit, you know. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that Sandberg after this is gonna do like a smaller movie. He's probably gonna do something that's just gonna be like, all right, something small. But I love the fact that he just leans into it. And, and, and I'm sure when um, we get closer to it, he's going to. But at the same time, you never know. Because, you know, this Avatar movie is coming out, what, 12, 13, 14 years after the first one? Not a lot of people are. When I, when I see people, the hype level, it's at like 50%, I think. People because are like. Means the generation, yeah. The generation yeah. growing up. And then it's like. We're not, we're not like new social media, new kids take the piss out of everything. They don't know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many cultural references that, that they don't get. I feel like a lot of people going into Top Gun never having watched the first. And it's like, it's that same thing. It's all that old generation that hasn't been educated on the, on the previous stuff that's come. So it's like their loss. It was great. You know, before, before Endgame, before Endgame doing a cheeky second release, it was still the first. <laughs> exactly yeah and so. not only, and they don't remember that it's like back in 2008 when it came out there was no marvel cinematic universe we were about to get iron yeah. man the first movie but at this at that time it was like there was no marvel cinematic universe there was uh there was just a- for inflation and the fact that's an original ip yeah like it's like it's Dude. comparable to scale of how much bigger it would have been back then. My God, I mean, it was and it was an experience. That's the thing. It's like I'm I'm not big on 3D. I don't like to see movies in 3D, but that movie in 3D was fucking crazy, crazy yeah. phenomenal. And and you know when I was talking about on one of my uh, film junkie lives earlier this week when I talked about how you know why Top Gun pleased everybody and, you know, brought up the point that, Oh, it was real. It was different. It was something, it was like a breath of fresh air and all this kind of stuff. I brought up the point like, okay, so when is the next director going to bring something original? That's going to make a billion dollars because yeah. let's face it. Avatar was the last original IP. That's that. I mean, yeah, you could say it referenced certain things. Like it had inspirations from past movies. Sure. But it was an original IP that cross it crossed two billion you know but anything else that's crossed a billion has always been an existing ip it's been comic book movies it's been it's been that i'm trying to i'm like what's the you know and then top gun was a sequel so when are we going to get a graphic the landscape has all changed and like streaming it stopped it people don't care about the spectacle they'll watch shit on their iphone and be happy with it like even physical media is dying out so in terms of getting butts into seats for an original thing man i i, I don't think i'll see it. It, it yeah yeah but what's crazy about it is like 
what just came out today we had stranger things that's that's something original and apparently it blew all the fucking streaming you know demographic like yeah. everything and i'm like by the I'm metrics, like, by the yeah. metrics of like like box office metrics though like, yeah they, they might do bigger numbers elsewhere like on streaming like you're saying crashing the servers but like the old-fashioned way i don't think will exist going forward it's going to be yeah. new parameters that we're measuring these things by success wise exactly i mean yeah exactly what you're saying because imagine if they decided to be like all right well you know if there was no netflix or the streaming wars weren't happening a stranger things going out in theaters might have been that thing original ip that grabbed people because it was like oh yeah because it had nostalgia and it was something interesting and different that's why it grabbed us when it came to netflix and netflix Hold on to that thing, and we're like, "How much money you need? Here you go." You know, just, they were just <laughs> they like, "Didn't do the, the Daredevil season four cancellation." Like, oh, yeah. cool! Now that it's successful, it's done its job, and all it's like contract renegotiation time. It's like you have have it because we need original content right now. You know? Yeah, it's just yeah. weird. Like that's that's one of the things I was thinking about even today. Like watching the Stranger Things uh, finale, I was like, "Man, this is like an original thing." that's got so much hype with it. And I love it. I love the fact that I'm actually watching a thing that was like, it's, it, it's original. It's not based off anything. Huh. And it was just, there was something just refreshing about it. Just like when I was watching top gun in a sense where it was like, Oh, this is a sequel. It's not based. It's not like it didn't have this full on huge franchise of shit. It's just something that was like, Oh, one movie came out 30 something years ago. And here it is. And it was just like, but it was refreshing, you know, yeah. um, we just need shit like that. And it sucks when, you know, something comes about like severance, Casey comes, comes out and you want everybody to watch it. You're like, and, and when, when you were talking about it and then I finally watched it like that first episode and I got the concept and everything, I went, holy shit. And I couldn't. Anybody I talked to, anybody I had a conversation, have you seen Severance? I was doing that. No, I was like, have you seen Severance? Can you? And then I would go, all right. I, I couldn't wait to explain the premise. I was like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Imagine your job that you hate. Imagine if you didn't even know that it existed. And then, and then blah, blah, blah. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool if I just like didn't know that I went to work and it just like that. Oh, yeah. But imagine the person that you were at work. They're trapped in a prison. <gasps> You know, it's just like that whole, whole kind of thing. It's like, and then people go, holy shit, that's pretty crazy. And I'm like, yeah, just original ideas like it's that. So it's just like, like in terms mind. of human rights and like in terms of yeah. like making someone suffer like against their will, but it's yourself. So you're inflicting it upon like a higher consciousness version of yourself elsewhere. And it's like, there's a lot to do. But you know what? Things like severance, it's in time that they get appreciated. Yeah. Maybe season two when it's like, when, when we're all talking about how hyped we are, people might go back retroactively. So True. still hot for it. There's still hope for original IPs. I, especially, I how that, especially how that thing ended. Oh. So, so perfectly. I mean, I remember just going, I remember just because I, I was watching it on my laptop and I remember shaking it and going, there's like two minutes left. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Fuck still you. so much to tell Fuck. and i was going i was like seriously going like how's it oh is it gonna uh, and then it ended i was like ah you son oh i was like yeah. god damn it 
I uh, felt like hate- TV, both the last two oh, episodes. Dude. And both times it was like cut to black, directed by Ben Stiller. I was like, yeah. fuck you, Ben Stiller, why? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to wait every week. So it was yeah. even harder for me. I love. I know. I, I thankfully I, I watched it all in one yeah. shot. I was like, uh. and for me, as I like to watch, you know, as soon as it drops. So especially Severance, because I I just cannot wait, you know, one second longer. So as soon as I finish, uh, I go online, I tap on the Severance hashtag, and you know, sort by latest, and everybody is just fuck why and all that. <laughs> It's fun it was crazy. the experience. I, I, I prefer week to week, to be honest. I like, yeah, I, me too. I like me too. letting it soak in story-wise. Like, um, I'm reading Batman and, and Catwoman, right? That story, like, it's 12 issues, but it's been going on like a year and a half of 12 issues. Yeah, that sucks. But at the same time, you soak it in, you reread it, and then it's like a refresher. So I don't, I don't know. It's underappreciated. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, as much as like, you know, I like uh, – I mean, if – if a series is like, like I just um, got into Westworld and I finished season yeah. one. Ooh, last night. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, yeah, I finally How good got into that. The, oh, dude. I was like, I was like, what okay. was your reaction on what door? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when it came to that first, uh, that the first season, I was like, okay. Uh, because I watched the original movie. I don't know if you guys watched the original movie. I have that. Uh, yeah, I know. I figured you haven't, you young, <laughs> younglings. No, I've watched the original movie, and I was like, I, and I so I knew the concept, and I was like, I knew that I went okay. I have to get into the show sooner or later because I know the concept, and I think it's great. But I was just kind of waited to pull the trigger, and after I got done with Outer Range, which that was another one that ended, and I was like, ah, we're season two, and Amazon has yet to announce it, and I'm going. Fuck, I don't oh. think it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, at least Severance was like, oh yeah, season two is happening. And I'm like, thank God, not out of range. Fucking a Amazon, come on. You guys should watch Out of Range. It's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, when I watched Westworld, I was like, okay, I get the concept, and then I was like, all right, man, man there's a lot of shit, a lot of twists and turns in this first season, and I'm just kind of going like, okay, okay, like how is this gonna end though? Like, I get there's going to be some more, I guess, you know, worlds and stuff like that. I was like, and then, and then, but man, when it, when it, the way that it ended, I was like, Oh shit. I'm like, I don't even know how season two is going to fucking start. Like yeah. it was one of those where like, it could have easily just, that could have been it. That could have been it, mm-hmm. but they left just enough to be like, Oh yeah, there's going to be a season two. Try to guess what that's going to be about. I have no fucking clue. I was completely satisfied with season one. Just everything about it. Just satisfied. But they left just enough to be like, oh my God. Yeah, there is. They left it open for a season two. And I have no fucking clue. And this is going on for another three seasons. What are they? I'm so intrigued. So intrigued. How how good was Ford in it? Oh, Ford, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Dude, I dude. I mean, like the way that he. I mean, because you always know he's a step ahead. He's always yeah. a step ahead. Every time, like when when he's like in a scene with like any of the characters, and just the way that Anthony Hopkins plays that, like, oh, you think you're smarter than me? You really do, huh? Oh yeah. And this the way that he acts, his little mannerisms when he just reacts to things and blah blah blah. And every time I'm going. 
this motherfucker is a step ahead of everyone. Yeah. He's like, this guy's running this whole fucking operation. And I thought they did a good job when they, you know, not really a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but they when they showed the young version of him, I was like, yeah, oh, pretty good job. But uh, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, he's always like a step ahead, right to that very last scene of season one where I was like, oh shit, I'm like, but somehow that was planned. I don't like, yeah, I'm just going but before because- before that, Dave. There was there was one scene that is one of the best twists in any show or movies. I think is it's the Jeffrey Wright character mm-hmm. when he's inside the house and yep. they're casually just talking, and you know, you know, Ford or someone just says, um, "I think there was a lady there, right?" And she yeah. says, "You know, open the door or something." And then he says, "What door?" And that yeah. was like, "Oh shit." He's yeah. also one of the, you know, the realization. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny too, is like when I watched, when I was watching and I was like, I started going, one of these motherfuckers is also a robot. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm like, there's no way that like, not just the people out in the world are robots. Some of these motherfuckers inside this shit has to be artificial here. And then, it, then I was like, okay. Okay, I was like, all right. I was like, I knew, but I didn't expect that because when it's not really even a spoiler because it's like you guess that, but you don't know who. And then when you find out who is, and then you find out why. That's the thing. It's like it's not just the twist that oh yeah, so and so is synthetic, but then you go, oh why is he synthetic? Oh shit, yeah. and then it blows your mind again, and you go, oh my god, <laughs> oh well, fuck me. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't guess that. I was trying to figure yeah, out who this this mystery person was, and then then it was like, oh shit, oh so <laughs> boom boom boom, we got to here, and I'm like, okay, good job, fucking a, Jonathan Nolan, you son of a bitch, you son yeah. of a bitch, <laughs> yeah. Are you guys caught up with it? I, I still have to see the latest season. Okay. Yeah. It started okay. this week, right? Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not cut up. I mean, I'm only in, you know, I'm going into season two and I'm like, I'm just, you know, seeing the end of season one, I'm like, all right. So-and-so did that. (laughs) But then she was, (laughs) and it's just, there's so many things that I'm like, yeah, she escaped, but she was meant to escape. Oh shit. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, and then she's she kind of like oh, Sandy, Sandy Newton. Sandy Newton. Yeah, yeah. She's also great. Fuck yeah. Sandy Newton. Uh, anybody who hates on Mission Impossible 2, fuck yourself because she's uh, <laughs> she's the uh, the love interest in that. That's where I got introduced to Sandy Newton. And uh, she hasn't aged a day. But um, no, but I was like, and then, yeah, even at the end of that, I'm like, she ain't leaving you know it's like one of those things where like she what's gonna uh and then i'm like oh fuck i just i don't know i'm like going how what is gonna happen in season two and then season three and then season four i'm like how are they can continue with this concept because it's very much a concept that could have just been wrapped up in one season yeah it's like oh yeah you got this west world uh you visit it and you can live like like how you how they did in the past and you can shoot people and blah 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 and and then you know oh these robots some of them are having consciousness and blah 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 that's the whole concept and i'm like going okay yeah 
but how do you keep going? That's what's intriguing me. I'm like, how is it going to keep going? So it's, well, yeah, I'm, I'm totally just pulled in by it. So I'm surprised I'm, not, I'm even doing a vodka stream tonight and not fucking just sitting there watching more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you guys instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, did we talk about the Flash article that came out? Uh, we haven't really talked about that now. Which one are you talking okay. about? You talking about the variety one? Yeah. So I will just skip the quotes and all that. I just wanted to, you know, bring up the um, two things that were mentioned. Mentioned uh, first is Zaslav, you know, saying basically that they are definitely releasing it in theaters. Yep. Uh, it will not get scrapped. It will not get you know recast, reshot, whatever, because it's already too expensive. And that's basically what we've been saying. And that's exactly what will, will be happening, right? And yeah. that's a good thing to hear from Zaslav as well. Like he he definitely isn't being reactionary and he's taking the right business decision. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the best way to handle the situation, but, you know, I, I think he's um, playing the cards right. Um, the second thing that was mentioned in there was that you know, Ezra will be coming soon with a statement. So finally, people will hear his side. Of course, they won't believe him. And of they'll say that. Yeah. So what do you think well, will happen when he say, uh, says something? Well, like, I think exactly what you said is like people won't believe him because, I mean, the sad part about it, and I've talked about it, you know, I think we talked about last week and the week before is the fact that, you know, when it gets, I mean, where we are now when it comes to a lot of this stuff is the fact that you have, you know, you have certain media that gets divided into almost two groups. And, you know, if you don't subscribe to either group, you have to kind of go, all right, I got to take, I got to look at this and see what's ridiculous and what's not. And, you know, I talked about how like conservative media, like the diehard conservative media will just immediately they like to use groomer they like to use all kinds of buzzwords and they just want to go after and like oh yeah he's a piece of shit like he's probably a pedophile he's a pedophile too you know and all that and and you kind of go okay and then he looked at the um the more liberal media and then some of them are like more like maybe not as hard core when it comes to going after as but then at the same time there are same thing where it's like a lot of people are going like hey man what the fuck is this you know what is this person doing and you know it, and it also is kind of sad too and like it's weird because when it comes to more liberal media when they post stuff about certain things that's really bad and then but they're more concerned about getting the pronouns right and i'm like going wait all right don't worry about that so much. Just worry about what's be it's, it's all weird to me because I'm trying to keep up with like how things are nowadays, because you're talking about an article where like, especially there was that article where uh, the, uh, somebody in Germany came out and the yeah. somebody yeah. with the choking, uh, the choking thing yeah, came right, out, right. Too, yeah. which did not look good. And it was just funny because they had to like do like an update and make sure that they had like the right pronouns. I'm like, you're literally talking about people who are just that got assaulted. If, if that's what happened here, don't worry about the pronouns right now, but they're so worried about that. And that's just a certain side that wants to worry about that. But then at the same time, I'm, I, it's just trying to take a lot of it in and, and yes, eventually Ezra Miller's side is going to release something and not everybody's going to accept it. 
but I, I, I don't know what it's going to take to accept it. If it takes him like, Hey, so here I am in this house that everybody says that is really bad and blah, blah, blah. But it's, you know, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen, but when it comes to um, the flash and the fact that they're going to be still releasing it and it's like, yeah, of course they are because there's so much invested into it and it's still not going to be coming out for a year. So they can and most you know, of the general audience don't know about this. Yes. And that, you know, and I will say though, that chase ironized dude, fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy is really trying to lean into this whole thing. I mean, I can't find my daughter and this and that. Meanwhile, she's posting things on on social media where where she's at or they are at, if I'm not, you know, again, the pronoun things. Uh yeah, it's like Okay, you're making it seem like you have no idea what's happening. And then, of course, people are there are people that have it in their heads that literally, uh, and, and I guess it works with a pun because it's like, oh, Ezra's on the run. Oh, yeah, Flash on the run. It's like he literally, and he kidnaps somebody. So it's like he's whole, I mean, I'm surprised nobody's made like a, um, the thumbnails, uh, the YouTube, a thumbnail that has like the Flash holding on to a kid and running. <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that hasn't been uh, put out there yet. But at the same time, I'm like, no, the the authorities know where he's at. Um, and when it comes to this Chase Ironized guy, he's just a sleaze. And if you really like investigate what he's done, he's a he's a he's really trying to use this whole thing. So there's a lot of lies, and there's other people that have come out that have spoken about these lies. Uh, is Ezra perfect? No, Ezra's got issues absolutely you know we're not saying that oh yeah he's completely innocent he just doesn't do anything he sits and meditates all the time and he's all about you know good vibes and blah blah blah. no no he's got issues he definitely has issues but they are blowing it up i mean that whole thing about uh austin butler in tokyo <laughs> what the fuck was that what the fuck was that the funniest that thing about that was tmz defended <laughs> Yes, no, I mean happen. that that fucking came out, and people were like, "Oh my god, what the hell, Ezra again?" And then TMZ was like, "Hey, by the way, uh, that didn't happen." I'm like, "Yeah, no shit." You like you literally like created in somebody's mind that the guy who played Elvis was like, "Hey man, you know, you know, I don't like you doing with children," and he fucking punched them in his jumpsuit or something like that. Punched the Flash in the face at a bar in Tokyo. That sounds like some kind of crazy. Some good fan know, fiction. Yeah. I'm like, really? And it was funny, too, because when I heard about that, you know, and I talked to, you know, my guy who was like in the Hollywood, he goes, I don't even think Austin Butler's. He's still in the States. I was like, he's like promoting something. He's promoting Elvis in the States. I'm like, yeah. That doesn't, and then all of a sudden, like later that day, oh yeah, that didn't happen. I was like, who the fuck even said that? There are like people that are actively against Ezra, yep. you know, in, 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 and it might be in like the social groups because they got obsessed with Ezra or something like that. There's, it's a weird thing when it comes to, you have like these, it almost, I mean, obviously they were making it sound like Ezra was like part of a cult and he just like, had all these people and it's like and it almost sounds like that too when you think about it but at the same time it's like you have a circle of like these people that seem like they're kind of lost and they're claiming that they're this and they're that and then all of a sudden it's like they looked at ezra as this 
this person of like, oh, but then at the same time, Ezra was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just this and I'm going to do it. Shit out. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got pissed off. So they started spreading just fucking lies about it because, oh, he, uh, Ezra didn't treat me like I wanted to be treated by, uh, by Ezra. So I'm going to spread these lies. And that seems to be what's been happening with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I don't know. What do you think, Casey? Yeah, I do think that, you know, when when they come out with a statement, um, I feel like, of course, there would be a lot of backlash. And you oh, know, yeah. um, I feel like Ezra might have um, video footage and stuff because he was always filming uh, when he was in Hawaii and all that. So I feel like, you know, they would present some footage as evidence for what was happening to them. Um, so I guess there would be some, uh, people who would believe them, but the issue would be, again, there's just too many people on Twitter and social media (laughs) that, that would not buy it because they've already, you know, bought into this mentality that Ezra is this violent, you know, aggressive person who has been attacking people since months because that was the headlines and none of them ever read the articles so you know every single week there's something new coming out so yeah i can still understand that you know people who are not that interested in this story would not dive deep and they would just you know read something passing by and believe it because it's happening so frequently and that would be you know to ezra's detriment but again it's all a coordinated effort, like you said. Um, they are trying, you know, to dig up any kind of uh, place Ezra's been to, and you know, connect with people there, and try to make up stories that you know put Ezra into a bad light. And Ezra also, like you said, he's not completely innocent. He tries to, you know, uh, he gets triggered easily by you know people who are slightly racist, homophobic, whatever. So, you know. I feel like he kind of also goes looking out for those types of people so that he can, you know, um, be the educator yeah. or whatever. So yeah, yeah it, it, I can understand why they There's would have a problem. See, when it comes to that, when it comes to reports, like he'll like go off and like, yeah. if you don't address him by the, the, the right pronouns. Yep. Yeah. There was a video for that too. Yeah. 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 There's definitely a video. And, and, and I'm just kind of going like, when I saw that, I was like, Mm, that's not a way to yeah. approach this. not a way to approach this Ezra, not at all. So yeah, no, we're all kind of just, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, when it comes to the flash, of course they're not. There's like million, there's hundreds of millions of dollars that got put into the flash. You got Michael Keaton for God's sakes coming back. And that's what sucks about this whole thing. It was like, at one point this was going to be that. I mean, I remember uh, seeing a tweet where it's like, Oh yeah, look at look at you know you had Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire brought back for Spider Man. Oh, you had a uh, you know Hayden Christensen and uh, and uh, Ewan McGregor brought back for for Star Wars. And it's like, what does DC have? Well, it was gonna have this you know Michael Keaton thing, which I still think a lot of people are excited for, but it got kind of ugh, got kind of ruined by this whole fucking thing, which really sucks. So. What does Warner Brothers Discovery do? Do they lean into the controversy and just kind of go like, ah, well, maybe a lot of people 
reading the controversy will just be like, hey, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what this is all about still. But then of course, what we've talked about too, most of the general audience has no fucking idea who Ezra Miller is. And all they're seeing is what Michael Keaton's back as Batman? Holy shit, you know, so they might just do that. They'll see that first flash trailer and they'll just lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what's gonna happen. People will just see the trailers, they'll go to the movie and watch it. Maybe it won't be as impactful, you know, as it would have been with full support with the full cast, but it, it will still do big numbers. I would totally say that. And it's just ironic that, you know, after years of having the solo movie, unconnected universe, all that shit. <laughs> DC finally had this slate, and the Flash movie was the one and that it all really depended on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now this movie is in jeopardy like this, so it's kind of funny. They they always have bad luck. I think this whole situation. Sometimes it, it's more info is not good. Like more yeah. is less yeah. in the situation, and it's like you know another analogy. You probably you, you haven't been dealt all the cards in your deck right. Like yep. we don't know all the facts. We don't know yet. So let it play out. Every day there's something new coming out. The Austin Butler fan fiction thing is the perfect example of how people are doing mental gymnastics to try and make just to fit preconceived almost, notions and push it. So it almost seems like that was released by Warner Brothers just to promote the Elvis movie <laughs> in a sick, twisted way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's not true. And then it was like, and then it was debunked full on by all the publications and it was like who put that out there it was like was that fucking walter hamada or something shit i don't know like toby emmerich maybe i don't know it was just so weird because it was literally the actor that's currently in elvis yeah so austin butler just punched ezra in a bar in tokyo it just was so ridiculous Austin Butler would be a really cool DC hero, though. He'd be a welcome yeah. addition to the universe, I think. He's he would great. be, but he's going to be in Dune. So at least yeah. it could be Nightwing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good things are happening, man. I, like I, I really like that dude. I hope, I hope the best for him, like because he put himself. Yeah. In man, I tell you what, like, yeah, he really like. I was just his performance in Elvis is pretty fucking amazing. Just yeah. really amazing. Like I was, I knew it was going to be like, I was like, all right, he's going to do good. I don't know if I'm going to like the style of the movie. And then I like the style of the movie. I mean, at first it was like, okay, Baz, it's not a montage. Don't, you know, you know, and probably like the first, maybe not the first half, maybe like the first, like 25% of the movie is like fucking montage. It's like, boom, 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 go, yeah, go. And I'm like, name, because it's like, when am I going to get to Elvis? It's like, all I'm yeah, yeah. is it going to be like this the whole time? But like, yeah, it's done well. I think, but I think I think that was actually if I were to watch it again, I'd be like, all right, yeah, we had to get to Elvis and kind of go through these years of like him getting to this point and blah 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 and blah 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 and up up now he's at and once it got to like the those kind of scenes and I mean, yeah, Austin yeah. Butler definitely going to be if he doesn't get nominated for awards, I'm like uh, that'll just be because it was released in June. Or yeah, June. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. They have to nominate him for shit. Come on. Casey, Dave, and Scott said their top five so far of the year. What's what, what's on your list, man? 
Oh, that's hard because I only so top four. I only said top four. I got to think of my fifth movie. All right, have a think and come back. Okay, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this put this in order right now. But I would say, off the top of my head, I would say, everything, everywhere, all at once, definitely isn't there. Um, then you have. I really liked the um, unbearable weight of massive talent. I, I really enjoyed that. Surprisingly, I really enjoyed that movie. That is one uh, good one. Um, I would say Crimes of the Future. Oh, <laughs> no, it could be After watching Men, I can't really. Okay. Dave, but it's so good. I know, but I don't know if I can handle like more body horror porn. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, but yeah, that, that would definitely be on there. And I'm trying to remember what came out in January or February. Um but yeah, these would be on there for sure. The Batman wouldn't be on there. Um, Multiverse of Madness wouldn't be on there. It's the Northman probably would make it if I don't don't just find. Just say Morbius. Out. Just say Morbius. Oh yeah, Morbius is number one. <laughs> Morbius is number one. That's funny. <laughs> Morbius is definitely number one. I'm looking right now. I'm like, hmm. Because I'm looking at back at my like reactions from this year, and I'm like, um, I, I feel differently about uh, Multiverse of Madness because I love, uh, I, love I did like, I, I did really like that movie, but I'm then not sure if it would five. make top five. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, I, I think the the come on. I mean, Casey, you even said it yourself, Black Phone probably. Oh, there. that's what I was missing. Yes, the Black. There phone you movie. go. Yeah. Yep. I would say that 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 totally um, that, that 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 bumped multiverse. Yep. If I were gonna say like my top five before I saw Black Phone, Multiverse of Madness might have been number five after you know, top uh, the Batman, Top Gun, everything everywhere all at once, the Northman, and uh, yeah, I would say that yeah, but I say the Black Phone is number five. I don't yeah. That is that is ironic because I'm choosing that over Multiverse of Madness, which he was gonna direct. That's true, Scott <laughs> Derrickson. Yeah, which is good. I mean, we're both choosing that over that, yeah. you know, because because I mean, Scott Derrickson, he did a great job when it came to that Doctor Strange origin. When I rewatched it, I was like, man, he did a fantastic job, and that's that's one of the strongest CBM origins, I think. Especially yeah. with a character that not a lot of people know about, he did a fucking great job of uh, showing the origin story of Doctor Strange, and I get what happened. You know, I mean, when it came to that whole thing, it's going to be PG thirteen, and you're going to like it, like uh, what Kevin uh, Kevin Feige said, and and Scott Harrison probably didn't like it. He probably wanted to make his own thing, and he's yeah. like, nope, it's not going to happen. But uh, you know, I like what Rainy Rainy did with Multiverse of Madness. I watched it last weekend, and I was just like, that was the second time I watched it. And I was like, man, I just really enjoy this movie because I like, really like Sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors, and that that that's a biased. I'll give that. I'll give that. Um, but at the same time, I was really looking forward to Black Phone. Like it was one of my anticipated yeah. films of the year. And I didn't get to see it last week because I was like, oh, it was a group thing when it came to Elvis. And then I was like, oh, I'll see it Friday. Didn't see it Friday. Oh, I'll see it Saturday. Oh, shit, I got shit to do. Then I was like, oh, I'm not going to go see the Minions prequel. <laughs> I mean, even yeah. watch the Minions. I'm like, I'm just going to go see it on this Thursday. And I did and really enjoyed it. You're right about the music. 
Casey. It was like oh. fucking amen. That Those music shots from the you know top yeah. down. Oh man, for being like a small like horror yeah. thriller movie, it I was like I was like man, that's got some good fucking score going on right there. Yeah. And, and that's surprising. Like it, yeah. it's not like a traditional horror movie. Like it got no. me a couple of times with the jump scares. I was oh, not dude. expecting. Dude, <laughs> the yeah. one where cycling, where she's cycling on the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, I jumped. I jumped. By the way, that the the, the sister, she was a fucking she was yeah, great. Amazing. She had a potty mouth and that she was, ending was very emotional. Dude, dude. I mean, we're not gonna do any spoilers. Yeah, yeah, no spoilers. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, Tony. But I'm just saying, like, I thought for a moment there, I thought it was going a different route. Like, okay, Tony, you have something to look forward to if you watch this film. When you when you when you're getting to that final act and you're trying to be like, okay this thing's going to get figured out. I really was like, Oh man, is this going into like a realm of something that's crazy? And I was like, and then it was like, Oh, okay, cool. Okay. It was like one of those things like, Oh, is this going to go crazy? Yeah, crazy? Go. And I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it if it goes this crazy and it didn't. And I was like, okay, good. Okay, cool. And I was, but then, it but but at the same time the initial story is crazy enough where you go oh i get oh oh shit oh you know and i even said like, now i'm reading it it's like that's pretty when i saw it have you watched the have you watched the trailer completely blind no don't that's don't, great that's great. don't don't if you go in fresh It'll I'm be better not to watch trailers these days, man, because it's like you sometimes, know, you have, especially with yeah. movies like this. With movies yeah. like this, and I said that in my first reaction, I'm like, if I if you go into this super fresh, you will enjoy this movie more. I'm not saying that I watched the trailer, I saw it a bunch of times even before movies, and I knew what what the concept was. I still enjoyed it, but if I did not see anything, and yeah. somebody said, "Hey, black phone." Um, Scott Derrickson, Ethan Hawke, I would be like, okay, I'm going to watch it. Have no idea what it was. I would be even more like, oh shit. But yeah, so don't, don't watch any trailers. Okay. Oh man. I tell you what, Ethan Hawke did that with me in old boy. You know, the, you know, the one with, um, yeah. I still haven't old seen boy. that movie. Well, somebody just put it in and I was like, you know, like, old boys. Crazy. The remake <laughs> yes. is, uh, is the remake is interesting if you want to see, uh, you know, Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Olsen do the, do the deed. Um, <laughs> I've seen that scene though. If you want to see, if you want to see Thanos and um, Scarlet Witch do the deed, who really ends up on top? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was like, because I, I I watched the original Old Boy and I was like, you know, it's a fantastic movie, and then I watched the remake and I was like. I don't know if this works <laughs> as much as they wanted it to. I was like, they tried, they gave it an effort, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Watch the original. If you're going to watch old boy, watch the uh, original. I wouldn't suggest a remake so much. I'm going to, I'm going to check out um, black phone tonight. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Watch it fresh. Don't watch anything Watch it in the theater too, because yeah. the sound is amazing. Sounds amazing. Okay. It's shot. Well, uh, acted well. Like I said, Ethan Hawke is a fucking creepo, man. And the different masks that he has. And uh, it's just a, it's just a, again, 
that's why it was one of my most anticipated films. It was like, it's just a refreshing, small horror thriller movie that I was like, all right. When I saw the trailer, I went, okay, this is going to be something I'm going to enjoy. And I very much, very much did. So yeah, yeah. definitely watch it fresh, but do it. All right. I think this is a good uh, stopping point. We're almost at four hours. Uh, I believe I made it this far. Uh, <laughs> with that? Uh, just this, I made it this far without a toilet break. That's it. You did? Oh, dude, I had I I had to take a break because I was, you know, I had some, you know, it's the, the sparkling yeah. water right here. Um, but, uh, yeah, this has been fun, guys. Uh, thank you, uh, Tony, for uh, joining. And the uh, door is always open for you to come back if you ever want to just shoot the shit on here now that you're, you've been, you know, you're part of my cult now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, go ahead and, uh, like I said, promote yourself. Do all the, do all that stuff. I mean, it's not going to compare the way Scott signs off. Man. Oh, I know. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> compares to Scott. He's unreal. Um, yeah. no, nothing to promote, man. Just uh, Bell and Jerry on Instagram. That's probably where you can really see my work. Um, let's use it more just like a portfolio. Um, and Twitter, I don't know. It's more of a joke for me, man. I just kind of, <laughs> I just, I take the piece. I have a little bit of fun in the chat um, on Twitter. So look, thank you for having me. It's good to do it. Um, KC, you're the man. Um, and yeah, bro, anytime I'll, I'll be back. Yeah, man. Just, you know, if you want to come on, I'll hit you up and be like, hey, you want to join? Or if you want to hit me up and say like, hey, you want to come on? Door is always open, man. This oh, is dude, great. Man. It's been great. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. Thank you. And uh, Casey, go ahead and promote yourself. Well, you can find me at Krypton Cage on all social media and also at The Real Talk Live. Uh, we will be going live tomorrow talking about the latest shows and movies that came out. And there's a lot of them. So probably going to be a long show. <laughs> um but yeah thank you everyone for joining you guys the chat was crazy tonight <laughs> yeah they're still talking about peanut butter in the chat <laughs> what did you do? i have no idea what this is this an inside thing i don't know <laughs> well right now it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah There's i was like <laughs> it was funny when we were talking about stuff i like i looked at the chat and they were still talking about yeah. i think uh nighthawk miss nighthawk stuff was like going uh, so have we agreed on crunchy or creamy when it came to, when it comes to uh, yeah when it comes to uh, peanut butter? I know that sounds gross. Like when it comes to yeah, if it was like yeah, no, but I'm just saying like I prefer creamy, but I don't I don't I don't rule against crunchy because if I'm you know putting a spoon in uh, peanut butter, I don't mind if there's some peanut you know clusters in there. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where this came from. Uh, like, <laughs> it was I so it. funny. Though. I love it. Crunchy. But yeah, one thing I would plug is Crimes of the Future. You guys oh, God. watch the movie. Dave, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's but crazy. you saw Men. You saw Men recently, right? Men is, you know, Men was different <laughs> but crimes of the future kind of has a very you know gripping okay. story one of that. these days i will i'm just you know you can sit far behind the tv you don't have body to be horror a uh, body horror stuff i mean i know that takes it to the to the max because it's cronenberg you know it's like 
and I knew that was going to be the case. But after seeing men, and that had some body horror shit to it, then I was like, I think I've had enough for a little bit. So I might have to wait a little bit when it comes to crime. I could do this future. on a watch party. I don't think I could do this by myself. So, like, if you're keen for a watch party, I'll do that with you, Casey. I don't know. That's, that would that's be amazing. Be <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just body parts and oh. some insides. Like, you know, just. Regular stuff you see in science class. Yep. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> much. No blood. No, Somebody told me about a certain scene in that when I was like, oh, yeah. shit. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say what the scene is, but I was like, oh, my God. Really? I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. I just don't. I, I'm going to have to, like, really wait a little bit. Oh, you know, I have to be in the right mood. Anyways, go ahead, Casey. <laughs> Yeah, crunchy or creamy? Sorry, <laughs> creamy. <laughs> but you don't like peanut butter. Oh. <laughs> That's the thing. We're not talking about peanut butter. <laughs> oh God. Oh, my oh God. man. <laughs> Anything else? Nope. That's, That's it. Oh man. Um, oh. oh, peanut butter is great, and then, like I said, either one is fine. I prefer the creamy, but it, it's not really creamy. You still have to spread it out. It's still got a thick. All right. Anyway, <laughs> what is different, different boats? Like, you yeah, know. So I'm like, when I, when I think creamy, it's more of a, you know, it's a different consistency, you know, but that's the way they determine it. I'm just saying. But no, if I'm going to eat, eat peanut butter right out of the jar, I can go for either one. It's fine. There we go. The, the tough answer the tough questions were answered tonight all right guys make sure <laughs> make sure you smash that like thumbs up um do all that uh subscribe notification um you know feel free to send over your peanut butter preferences uh you know gif is a peanut butter it's not a gif again if i'm gonna go to that when people say well how do you say gif i you know i say gif not gif because Jif is actually a peanut butter. That's right. Vodka talking. Um, anyways, guys, this has been fun. Have a good holiday weekend for you know the people who have the holiday weekends. Do all that stuff. Subscribe. Do all. Yeah, I don't even know anymore. All right, guys. We love you. Talk to you later. <laughs>